How about that boss at the end of chapter five, huh? Can't wait to talk about that boss and what happens right after that boss at the end of chapter five. I am kind of banking on the fact that we're going to get really off course and talk about, I don't know, Snow's boots or something for like 30 minutes and then not make it to the boss because uh, I'm more ready than ever than anyone on this podcast to discuss this boss and what happens after this boss. But, you know, Mm. I have a feeling we might not make it there today. The guide I was reading... um as I was just kind of following on with some of the fights that were, were happening and the guide I was reading was written in 2010. So like, it was like pretty fresh for when the game came out and there is a specific thing about the boss, uh, to which you are both referring that I thought was freaking hilarious in this person's guide that has nothing to do with final fantasy 13. And I'm really excited to talk about oh, it. Now we have to get there. <laughs> we'll speed run through this. Uh, we're not going to talk about any of the fun dialogue we have with. Snow. I mean, I mean, we'll if we don't, right if we there. don't, if we don't get there, I'll just tell you guys about it after we cut recording. <laughs> Everyone that's listening can just fuck off. They don't get to enjoy it. <laughs> premium, premium content only. It's behind a paywall. <laughs> Who's, whose voice is that on the podcast right now? Could it be Final Fantasy Relay 7's anchor victory winner, Mutsky? That that would be me. <laughs> yeah, I, I obviously, as, as I, you know, I've spoken to Alex a number of times in the last couple of weeks about wanting to come on to do this game for a number of reasons. And the Relay prep, which you guys have kind of talked about the Relay, you know, the last couple episodes, you had Zwanzig on, who was actually on my team this year. Shout out to Zwanzig. You know, get we're bringing home that dub this year. He, he dude, <laughs> Swanson took team. our team. He took our team in the at Final Fantasy Relay from a huge deficit to a quite a nice lead. And then I was the anchor, <laughs> the last one, and I just got to kind of bring it home slow and steady, like the Tom Berry. Wins the race. Yeah. I can't believe that Zwanzig uh, had didn't have a lead on another runner running Final Fantasy. I was gonna say and then was able to overcome them and go faster than that. Reminds me of when I ran against Zwanzig (laughs) in the Final Fantasy relay race and I started out ahead and then was not by the end of it. But anyway, yeah, so I I've been wanting to come on and do this game. Um I don't know if you either of you are unaware. Final Fantasy thirteen is like one of the Final Fantasies I'm most passionate about. So I was really mm. looking forward to the season. Um, this is the first time that I've actually kept kept up with every episode as they've been releasing <laughs> this, this time. Nice. Um, but I've just been really busy. Like school started, so I was back at work. And so I had a lot of stuff going on. And then most of my video game time has been dedicated to the relay the last week and a half or two weeks. So I haven't really been able to do much else. But now that's over. I've, you know, and I had time to kind of <laughs> catch back up and get into this. So I'm really Thank excited you for to returning. talk about this game. Oh, thanks for having me. I've Since been... last time you're on, I know uh, you and Curtis have been podcasting behind our back. Yeah, that's true. Curtis and I, um, we, you know, we really hit it off. And when we were talking about FF10 and now we have our own little tryst on the side. Yeah, I'm the side bitch, everybody. It's cool. (laughs) Has that been, has all of VG Draft happened since you were a guest last? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Really? Holy crap. It's been that long. Well, here's, I guess we didn't have any guests on Dirge. So here's here's the other thing I was thinking about too um, recently is that the last time that I came on and did the 10 episode with, with you all, like, we, we knew each other, but I wouldn't be like we were friends. Whereas like now I feel mm. like my relationship with each of you is is considerably <laughs> stronger, if that makes yeah. sense. Like I feel like um, I know I know all of you on a on a on a much more personal level now. And so you know my introduction to you to... was before like, oh, I wonder if we can get this guy to let us use his version of like. Uh... Exactly. No, for real. Like, I think that that is amazing. Like the first time we ever spoke was because you're asking about 
my the parody song, which I think is hilarious <laughs> because for any of you that listened to that season, I was the one that, that wrote and, and did the vocals uh, for the My Chemical Romance outro that they used. And Carl just saw My Chemical Romance like two or three days ago. Oh, that's so. right. I did. I did. I don't know if you're on Instagram, but when they were playing that, I actually was like recording it and I, I had a couple drinks, so I wasn't going to like be good at using my phone too much, but I was recording it and I it, I didn't try tagging you, I don't think. I was just like, I can't remember if Mutsky's on Instagram, so I'm just going to write Mutsky on it. So I just have a video of them like, when I was, and it just says Mutsky. I think I also recorded Carl a video just of me. drunkenly singing, carry armor. I do have a video of me singing that. I don't think I posted it you- anywhere. I was like, it probably sounds like shit. I'll have to you know, awesome. come back to this. I was going to say, um, when you were talking about uh, the last time you were on and we weren't like super close, I was like, oh, let me just go and I need to go and grab my diary and rip out the page where I say today Mutsky was a uh, <laughs> was a guest on the, and I feel like we're finally friends now. It's just like me being sad, being like, dang. <laughs> yeah, you're on during uh towards the the end of um FF10. Yeah, it was pretty close to the end when we when we were uh, it was Hot Wings, so it was when uh, we took down Sin. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 It was Sin. it was like the the final the final showdown with Sin. <laughs> the final showdown with Sin. <laughs> um, but speaking of Sid. Uh, we have a cutscene. Oh my God! Speaking of Sid, yeah, holy shit! Um, and this is the Every Ever Never podcast. Um, I know we're ten minutes in, but you probably know that by now. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, you don't get an introduction today. You don't deserve it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, last we left off, uh, Saz and Vanille were having a little camp out at the edge of uh, the Vile Peaks, I assume, because it was right. looking a little less vile. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we get to catch up with uh, with Snow, and we get this beautiful cutscene. We see a ship, I guess, that he was, uh, you know, taken on. It's a it's a really massive uh, ship as well. It looks like it's Yo. probably some sort of like fleet ship, you know, like a uh, um, ship Carl, that contains other ships. It is a dreadnought class ship, the one dreadnought class ship that the Guardian Corps has. And yeah. even though they only have the one, and Psycom has many, it has extra armor on it, but not as good weaponry. Because I read all the data logs about it and was like, I will learn everything about the Lindblom. <laughs> We're not on the Limbloom yet. Oh, no, yeah, you're right, you're right. We're on, My like, mistake, what lo- looks kind of similar to, like, the Fahrenheit <laughs> in terms of, like, its design. It's, like, a very, like, you know, Star Fox-looking ship, but, you know, more Final Fantasy thirteen in that it's more, you know, biological. Oh, you're right, you know what, we don't even see it yet. My, I'm sorry, Carl, I take back oh, everything I Oh, that's quite all right. My goodness. And if, um, if you have subtitles on, you know that this girl, this woman who uh, picked up Snow is named Fang. Fang! That's weird. I thought she was called Wark from the previous episode that I listened to. (laughs) (laughs) The game fucking spoils itself a lot of the time. I feel like it's very easy to just read something. Yeah, it's really funny. They don't actually introduce this character's name. It's just there in the subtitles that her name is Fang. (laughs) Yeah, it's like an arrested development when they have major plot points happen between episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So recently, as most of you, I think probably all of you know, I am like the most recent release of one of my other favorite series which is the xenoblade chronicles just came out a month ago it's been about a month exactly for the launch trailer that they announced the game in there are some characters that look familiar from past titles but you can't really fully say if it is or is not them (laughs) but the youtube subtitles has their freaking names in it and people are like oh my god and then uh, less than a day later they took it off like they completely really, it. Yeah. really? Yeah. but That's it was amazing. like one of those things where it was like 
man, we dropped the ball on that one. Like, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> because they just ripped it with from whatever, like, the video that they were edit cutting it from or whatever. And so it just spoils. We're posting spoilers and, like, we're actually, like, putting, like, spoiler tags in our Discord for a game that's, like, 15 years old at this point. So, like... <laughs> well, 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 here, well, here's the thing is that it's a Nintendo game, which means it costs $60 the game it came out. And it's going to cost $60 in seven years. So, like... Yeah. What are you waiting for? <laughs> get, you gotta get it on the ground floor because it doesn't matter. But uh, so we're on the snows on island. whatever the smaller ship is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the name of this ship. Can we just call it the Fahrenheit or can we call it the Celsius? <laughs> it looks oh, kind of like the Celsius. Celsius. Yeah, it's the Celsius, yeah. No, well, there's already a Fahrenheit and a Celsius. We have to call this one the Kelvin. Oh, okay. yeah, the so. Kelvin. The Kev, Which is the why Kel, the Kelvin you know, Kev is the <laughs> Kelvin <laughs> McAllister. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. And uh, Snow's home alone, baby. <laughs> this, yeah, the design of the ship is really cool because like, you're like, wow, this is a real... Because you see like the kind of uh, the X-Wings that we kind of took off and kind of flying around it. They're very comparable. It's like, okay, those are like maybe one or two person per ship. And they're starting this giant thing that looks about the size of like the Fahrenheit. Yeah, so the the vibe I get from that is that the big ship can contain them, kind of like a you know like a battleship that has like mm -hmm. military jets on it or whatever. But yeah. it has, I love these like two giant like bones kind of jutting out from like almost like it is like modeled off after some sort of like skeleton. Mm. It's super cool looking. It it looks it looks like um, a ship from a Final Fantasy game that we talk about a lot that a lot of people don't like that I won't I won't name drop directly, but <laughs> ten. Something else involving some sort of Ragnarok. <laughs> oh my god, it all comes back together. Um, yeah, and behind them, a even larger ship appears. And this this one is a real motherfucker. And this <laughs> is this huge. Is, this is the Lindblom that I was talking about. Like that in the data logs, it gives us so much information about even it. Even like, more organic. It looks like it's made of like bone or like coral or something. Oh, I like love that, it. I it, love it. It looks, looks. looks like a Final Fantasy VII weapon. Like Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Like a mechanical but organic. When it's in the fold-up position, it kind of looks like a it looks like a frozen comet. Okay. It's just completely round on the front with a giant like spikes kind of sticking out the back. The front of it looks like the helmet from Dead Space. Right. That too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what to do with that information, but but yeah, the two halves <laughs> of almost like the skull kind of spread out as it like starts to kind of envelop and dock with the. Uh, it's the really interesting the way that works. Yeah, that like the there's like two wings i suppose on the side and they become unhinged from the main body of the Not craft they're just floating because you see these cables just like hanging between yeah those cables are super cool and there's looking. just super long cables that like free hang in the air like it's like its own floating like barricade around it to keep it safe snow yeah. uh snow loves it um we get a little bit of oh dialogue as this is all happening uh it's kind of all happening at where's once. the soul <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but um before all of this we get uh um, the the character who kidnapped him saying, well, I think we also get her name here with the subtitles like we were saying, where her name is yeah. Fang, and says, couldn't run if you wanted to, and then like we see the ship come out and all that cool shit and, and Snow's just like, oh, look at you, wonder what's under the hood of that thing. Look at you. Wonder what's under the hood of that thing. Keep your pants on. And Fang is like already having like a fucking Joss Whedon moment with him. And she's like, you'll get a peek soon soon enough. And he's like, oh, I won't make any promises. Like I was going to say, this is a fucking Marvel movie ass fucking like, <laughs> like dialogue where I was just like, shut up. Like yeah. when I was doing it on stream, when he's like, what's under the hood of that thing? I just went, shut up. <laughs> that thing got a Hemi in it. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, we see some of the smaller ships kind of uh, entering and like docking into it with like cool force fields, like energy force field kind of things that spread out, um, guiding them in. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's like weird little glyph kind of like guiding uh, wave way markers. That's cool. Yeah. All the tech design in this game is, is wild. It's so dense. There should be there should be a Captain Skyhawk mini game in this where you have to like spin y y your plane at the same rate that the the dock is so you can fly oh, into yeah. it without blowing up that game is so hard <laughs> you know what's funny is i know we haven't gotten to this in the podcast yet but i feel like a lot of the technology especially like the eden technology and the sanctum technology it's very final fantasy 12 and obviously that's like the game that just came before it but this reminds me a lot of like the ship design from 12 like the bahamut that comes in at the end of the game and and like various other ships they're very like non-aerodynamic like they they just they're they're giant and oddly dense and like the technology in them is super dense as well it's it's very interesting how it looks oh yeah what was the name of the um quote i mentioned him before he did all the uh not the design character designs all the tech design all the tech in, designs uh, yeah i remember you talking about it before not namora <laughs> yeah namora designed the gummy ships <laughs> carl i designed the gummy ships because they let me design <laughs> oh, shit, it myself <laughs> I can't believe that this is still part of chapter four. I know. It's fucking nuts. This is a long chapter. The longest <laughs> fucking chapter ever. It's nuts. We're on the Lindblom. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're on the Lindblom. Yeah, we kind of just see it get, um, you know, docked onto the, the larger ship and uh, fly off. And then we get a scene with the... Um, with the uh, did we find out who these are like we see snow actually being escorted we're uh, about to in okay. in this scene when uh as soon as the scene comes up and it gives us the name of the ship where it says Lindblom below the name of the ship it actually says that this belongs to the Guardian Corps and so that's who this is yeah yeah it's another Guardian Corps um but yeah, we, we kind of see some of these guards walking by and they, they meet up with Fang and um, they, they just say like, oh, like uh, he's come to meet you. And uh, then we, we get a new a new face, but a familiar name. Indeed. Indeed we do. So as soon as he opens his mouth, the uh, the subtitles say reigns, but he immediately introduces himself as uh, Sid. Yeah. You must be Snow. Sid reigns, Brigadier General of the fleet. Hi, Sid. Thanks for the escort. And I like that, like, Sid puts his hand out to shake Snow's hand, and Snow is in handcuffs. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, like, like, in shackles. He's, like, bound together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, Sid, man. <laughs> it's like you might as well wheel him in in a cage. Like, ah, oh, make yourself at home. <laughs> yeah, he's like, um... But he's like, uh, oh, apologies. I just had a few questions to ask you. And as this is happening, we see some of those like jellyfish kind of things. I forget their names that we had fought a bunch of. The just... watch drones. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, they're just <laughs> they have an escort of their own where they're just taking the crystallized like form of Sarah. Just like I think there's like one in the front and two in the back that are just like pushing her along. It's it's pretty silly i think they're the same ones that probably escorted i worded that really poorly now that i'm thinking about it i didn't mean anything by that no 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 just try to explain this situation you're good because here's the thing too like when i watched this scene I, I had the same thought the first time i played this game and as i i watched this this cutscene again i was like oh yeah this is what i think they're going for it is literally just the same as like the the scene where boba fett is like loading han solo onto 
this the slave one, right? Like she's kind of yeah. got that carbonite type deal in her, you know, focus fulfilled crystal, and she's kind of hovering above the ground, almost like unnaturally. And the the droids are kind of, you know, I guess escorting her like by. And Snow's just kind of there watching. Here we her. are in the Cloud City. Yeah, we're basically <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Can't believe Lando fucking sold us out, man. <laughs> but I like the like Snow like sees the uh the droids moving sarah along and he kind of flips out for a second he's like oh sarah and he you know struggles against the uh the guards who are holding him and fang like takes him out right like <laughs> she she just like just puts her like wrist and forearm up to his throat to stop him and and she like very like she's like smiling a little bit she just like shakes her head like nope yeah yeah she's like Mm-mm. <laughs> no no she, yeah she pushes him backwards um and sid says if it works like they tell us, that means she must have fulfilled her focus. Fulfilled her focus as a tainted pulseless sea, that is. Dude, and I was like, the, dude, dick the, move. The Holy old Reverso rever- there is so good. I know, I know. Like, he's basically like, yeah, she did her job. Like a bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, completely yeah, fucking dunks on her. Like, it is, it's so bad. Like, dude, that is like... It's fucked up. And, and the thing that makes it so bad is Snow is exactly the type of person that would take the bait, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Snow is definitely the type of individual that all you have to do is call him a chicken for him to completely alter his future and make him unable to play guitar because he gets into a wreck that destroys his hand. I, I, will, I will say, like, for an abundance of reasons that have nothing to do with this, scene sid reigns in ff13 is my favorite sid of the entire series but really similar to this this scene it is because there are a bunch of moments where you know you might as well freeze frame throw some rap music on and the shades are coming down because dude, he, he just has some like absolutely quality quips that he just drops on people does he have his arm in a cast too it looks like his arm his left arm maybe like stuck broken or something i can't tell in this scene i think he's just holding it real cool it, yeah. You know what it looked. You know what I I thought adding it was, to adding to Mutsky. I thought it was kind of like an Orin deal, where like yeah, he's kind of got, got you know Orin kind of has like the arm in the thing, but like I guess when he needs it, he can <laughs> yeah, pull it the out. Guns yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm now just imagining fucking like the next episode playing during out all this. <laughs> it's just like yada da da da. Sit It's the motherfucking. Look at the ID. Bring in the rain. <laughs> Is so everyone good. in this game named after a fucking like weather system? Lightning, snow, rains. Yeah. Oh my god! I did not even fucking realize that because like I feel like rains is actually a name. Yeah, I, I'm too horse pilled. I'm still horse pilled. You've already had cloud and squall and all this cloud shit, squall. Man, but. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm thinking about Odin. Thinking about the horse. Thinking about those kinds of rains. Dude, so. I I just learned today. Speaking of which, speaking of Final Fantasy names, do you know that in Japanese, Armorant's name is Salamander? It's fucked up. Didn't yeah, know it's that. A flaming Salamander. Yeah. <laughs> well. Anyway, sorry, dude. sorry. Cause he, he is, he, dude, you got to bless Sid Reigns down in Africa. Amaranth doesn't like that. <laughs> he doesn't get that kind of respect. I, I do like that. Like the way they drop it too, is that like they show Sid being very like proper, right? Like he speaks very evenly and very calmly. He's clearly in charge of the situation. And so when he does, when he does go like a tainted pulseless sea, I was like, what an asshole. Like I thought he was going to be cool. And then immediately they flip right back to it. Like as soon as you do that and you're like, Oh, I hate, this guy they flip the switch again and he's like oh, okay uh i need to you know i need to ask you questions about pulse like it's, it's very important that we find out what's going on like I, i'm a good guy and i was like 
you can't do that. <laughs> that's, that's not that's not fair. <laughs> also, fulfill their focus as a team to pulse to see like how else are you gonna do it? <laughs> yeah, how else are you gonna do it? <laughs> you try it. But no, yeah, like th- I think that's kind of the reason. Like I really do think he's just like a really cool character. On top he's of good uh, cop and the bad cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's great. All cops are that's bad great. cops. <laughs> <laughs> he has really heated conversations with himself. The bathroom. Mirror. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You think she was out to hurt Cocoon? I'd hardly be alone if I did. When it comes to Pulse, who could claim to know anything? I need the truth for the sake of Cocoon. And, and like at this point, because we already see that Psycom and the Guardian Force are kind of opposed in some ways, or at very least they're not aligned in their ideals. I feel like the game is giving us this feeling of like, okay, Sid may not be a bad guy. He might be on our side to some extent. Um, but Snow's like... We're from Cocoon. Like, what do you mean for the sake of Cocoon? That's us. And, uh, you know, you people are shipping us out and you're purging innocent people. Is that how you lend us a hand? And uh, Rain says, yeah, but those are the Sanctum's methods. And like, I don't know. I don't know if I like you are part of the Sanctum, buddy. Like you're both underneath it. You know what I mean? Like it's got a little bit weird. But um, he goes on to say the public fears what it doesn't know. It's grown tired of living in constant terror of these threats from the world below. So the Sanctum has devised a plan for you, Lassie. And Snow's like, oh, I'll bet. <laughs> and he goes, a public execution. The people don't know any better. Strike down the phantoms before their eyes and they'll sleep like babes. Mm-hmm. And like uh, yeah, Snow gets like real upset about this. He shakes he, he off the guys. Yeah, he, he starts he's fighting. Like- Still, he's still handcuffed. Fang immediately just kicks him in the fucking face, though. Yeah. Dude, she fucking just kicks him to the ground, knocks him the fuck out. God, I'm just watching this, like, all the camera motions in this. There's a lot of really good, like, kind of uh, dolly zooms where they kind of pull out while zooming in the like, vertigo zooms on, like, Sid and shit. It's, oh, like, yeah. It's very dramatic, this sequence. I feel like if you, if you took this screenshot of, like, the camera from Snow's perspective looking up as Fang's like staring down at him and Sid just walking away. Like, I feel like there's so many ways you could turn that into just like an ace meme. Like, just, like, <laughs> just, like, just that look that she is giving him, like, buddy, no, no go, bro. Just Asuka from Evangelion, pathetic. Yeah, pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Tarantino trunk shot. It's because I feel like to this point, I feel like even the people that are in the party, you know, earlier on, that just, I feel like they, even even hope to an extent, like even if they they think like Snow is in, intolerably annoying, like they still kind of just deal with him. And Fang is like the first person now that's basically been like, "Dude, this shit ain't flying here." Like, like he's totally not in <laughs> yeah. control. I mean, Lightning punched him twice. I think the last time they met each other, right? Yeah, more or less. But oh, you know that's I mean, true. Like, Snow's, Snow's like always trying to force himself to be the leader. Like he's like, I got the loudest yeah. voice in the room. Mm-hmm. You guys can follow me. Like, just trust me. Like, you know, I'm here to protect people. And in this moment, like he's clearly not the most powerful person in control at all. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I think that the, like the perspective that we're getting in this shot, like really just like hammers that home, you know, for us and him. I will bring this up because I actually, I looked this up because of this, uh, this part of the, the the game that we're playing, but not because of this section, because of the next section. But speaking of Snow being a very loud and big voice, I was like, 
Snow's taller than everybody in this game. How tall is Snow? He is six foot seven. He is a monster. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> an, an absolute creature. <laughs> I don't know if I, I think I may have also looked that up at some point just because of how much taller he is than Sarah. There's um, a scene where Sarah gives him a hug and a flashback in this scene. And that's when I was like, what the fuck? Like, he's yeah. so big. But I was like, Snow's got real six, seven energy. <laughs> his, his full name is Snow Kilo. Neo, so like, <laughs> I don't know why any of you are shocked by his height, even a little bit. Um, but yeah, right before we get into the next scene, um, we kind of just have a shot of, uh, you know, Fang kind of walking over to Snow as he's still surrounded by guards, like from above, and um, it, it just kind of zooms in on his face. And the only thing he says is like, you know, he's in a really bad spot, but he just says, "Sarah, like, still yeah. one track mind, still." Not really as concerned about himself. He's mostly just concerned about, mm. uh, you know, his fiance. And now we are in another flashback. Another this flashback. Yeah. Is this the? F no, this isn't the furthest back we've been, right? I'm trying to remember. I how think we far do have a data log from day five, but it was just mentioned in passing of the the gorge incident. Yeah. Yeah. Which we don't really know anything. We yeah, we haven't seen anything directly. It was just mentioned. The Uride Gorge incident, which is mentioned in as a day five incident, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we are in day seven, and we uh, we get a nice kind of daytime, you know, it's like sunset uh, shot of Bodom. Yeah, and uh, the seaside city of Bodom, no less. The fireworks egg has not been put up yet. <laughs> the fireworks egg is not up. But um, there are a certain kind of fireworks going on because the scene is in the middle of Snow and Sarah breaking up. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he's like... Finally. And, he, and he's taking it very like non-seriously in a way at first at first he's kind of like all right this is out of nowhere what's going on you know like like they've had a good relationship it looks like they're and, like a party gazebo or something yeah the area is weird it looks like they're at like a you know villa mm -hmm. but there's like a, there's a stereo system and there's like Dude, that, that speaker is real nice looking <laughs> it's, a, it's like as tall as snow <laughs> this is like an event space i'm guessing where you, you have parties and shit but, um, I, I would think his his attitude here is best just like described by comparing it to like in a scenario if curtis were to like tell me he was never gonna eat mcdonald's again like i think i would just kind of <laughs> scoff at how serious he is and also kind of dig that and maybe there's something beneath the surface that we need to yeah, have a conversation right, about. Right. I'd yeah. be very worried. Like he he really does for being <laughs> dumped seem I don't want to say he doesn't seem like he cares. I think he just knows that like the breakup is kind of bullshit and that there's like He knows that there's a level under That's not the it. conversation yeah. they need to be having. Right. Exactly. We've had fights yeah. before and he's like, come on, like you don't mean yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, it, it's an interesting um it raises a question about like Sarah as a, a character because We'll find out later that this isn't the only instance of her saying something and just not being believed. Like, so maybe it's a thing <laughs> like, you know, boy who cried wolf, who like people are maybe just she's like, a pathological nah. liar. Yeah, she's either knows. a pathological liar, <laughs> she's either really bad at lying, or it, it, the third option, which is more likely, it's probably more to do with the people that she's talking to in these situations who are like, nah, yeah, you're full of shit, yeah. I refuse to believe you. <laughs> Actually, you know, when, when you put it that way, like Sarah is kind of like the two people closest in her life are both fucking psychotic. Like they're, they're, both, yeah. they're both great. <laughs> this is the uh, the episode of Seinfeld where George tries breaking up with his girlfriend. She's like, no. And he says, it's like the submarine nukes, like you, you both have to turn the key. 
But uh, yeah, so so they're getting. Uh, she's basically trying to break up with him. He, he kind of sees that something else is going on, and so he's like, you know, digging a little bit, trying to get that about what's going on. And he kind of goofs around with her a little bit. He's like, "Being alone's all right, I guess." Yep, always was until we met. But then we did, and now I know there's something better. Being with you. And she's not really having it. She's just kind of like, no, it's over. I, I don't want to be with you. I hate you. Give me $200. <laughs> right. Yeah. And when he, he says, we've come too far to quit now. And she goes, that's not your choice. And then he, he goes, okay, so you, do you really want to leave? Like, is that really what you want? And she goes, I don't want to, but I have to. Um, and I feel like that is like the sign of like, okay, what's going on here? What do you mean? And uh, he's like, Look, if it's something that I did, just tell me, you know, what happened? Like, what, what's going on? At least tell me that. And she's like, all right. And so she stops. And she's like a little ways away from him. She's kind of been walking away from him, trying to put distance in between them. And she goes, okay, I'll show you what's going on. And she reveals that she's been branded by a foul sea and that she's now a sea, right? So this is the scene where they find that out or where Snow finds that out. And, and he is, oh, man, dude. The, the acting and like the, the facial movements on it, mwah, fantastic because you can see his fucking heart sink so hard. Because I guess, like, you know, the people of this world clearly know the legends and shit like that. They're always talking about the, the legends, stories, the stories. So, like, he inherently knows, like, he, he, you know, he is well versed in what it means to be able to see already. Yeah, it sucks. And, uh, and he's just like, <laughs> oh no, you know, like, he's, he's real fucked up. He even he drops to his knees, right? When he finds out. Yeah, he's his his gears are turning. Yeah, yeah. And and she's like, So do you get it now? I'm an enemy of Pulse. I'm a danger to us all. Or I'm sorry, I'm an enemy of Cocoon. I'm a danger to us all. Goodbye. And she runs off, right? And he's still so like She does the anime run. She does the anime <laughs> run. And and she's still so like or he's still so um taken aback that he can't even like gain his composure until she's already gone right she's already like run away and we don't see her anymore yeah the fade out makes it seem like a like a few minutes may have passed where he just finally like gets his shit together maybe comes with like thinks of something yeah he finally kind of snaps too and it's like oh sarah sarah where are you and runs off after her, and then we get to play as snow as we go walking around bodum looking for sarah in the past in the past i do think that like you know when you kind of consider what the bomb that has just been dropped on him and just like how drastically different that was from what he was expecting the conversation oh, to probably yeah. be about and just you know we you guys had talked on past episodes about just like the indoctrination of just these people's beliefs about the lessee and just kind of having that thrown at him like i kind of get why it takes him you know a good oh, yeah. couple minutes before he gathers himself and like you know kind of musters up the resolve that he kind of has you know that we see and early on is almost portrayed as like obnoxiously overprotective about sarah but now i can see like where that is that budding beginning of that's coming from and yeah, i do yeah. think it is really noble that snow in this but at the end of the scene you, you can kind of pick up that like He's made up his mind whose side he is going to be on, and it's going right. to be that of Sarah. So I do think that like this scene is at this point, I think it is Snow's most important scene as far as understanding everything else that we've already seen him do. And so I do like yeah. this scene this scene quite a bit. Yeah, I agree with you. This is where he gets his personal focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also just really relate on um a really strong personal level to Sarah in this scene um, because I too, when I was about her age, uh, also got some tattoos that I was ashamed 
to show people. Um, <laughs> so like I, I totally, you know, I've I've been there, you know. <laughs> I should say she has like a little bandage over it. It's like a exactly. little white bandage as she wraps around it. So anytime you're in a tricky like relationship, just get a tattoo, then you can just break yeah, it off. Yeah, that'll solve easy. it. Yeah, I just remember going home, my mom being like, "Hey, Kev, what's on? What's that wrapped around your arm there for? You know?" And I'm just like, "Oh shit, sorry, mom." <laughs> I'm supposed to wait till your birthday to tell you. That's uh, <laughs> that, that, that reminds me of my my older brother Mark when he was uh, when he was a teenager. He was kind of the black sheep of the family. He was the one who was always getting in trouble, and um, he went down to Wildwood and got his tongue pierced, and mm-hmm. he also had a lisp. That he had to go to speech therapy for and stuff. So, tongue ring healing, uh, or tongue piercing <laughs> healing, having a lisp, didn't really take all that much time for my mom to find out about it. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. But yeah, we have to run around uh, the beach of Bodom. I, I, the majority of the notes that I took for this section are in this one area. <laughs> it's <laughs> like a really all of the interesting today. area. I think this is. Um, I think we, I can't remember, we might have gotten into this on another episode too. Is this the only time that we were able to walk around in a, in a flashback? Yes, it is. As much as like the last time we all talked to each other, I was like, no, I'm pretty sure we got to before I was entirely wrong. <laughs> this is the first time. <laughs> but yeah, we're outside of, I'm guessing, uh, LeBro's beach house, yeah. as it says on the front. Oh, cool. I think it's, we saw this in a flashback where he pops in, like, looking for Sarah before he ends up popping the question. That's right. Which I think maybe his their quote-unquote usual spot is actually where they just were. Or it might be where Could they be. end up meeting here. Hard to say. Maybe. Well, I, th- I don't think he was, they're on uh, dock. Or oh, right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's interesting as we walk up to the uh, the uh, beach house, there's an interesting orange sign on the on the left with like a weird like bird thing that just says beware on it i'm not really sure why it says beware out front of the cafe Uh, i'm imagining with a lot of the field dialogue that we get um there's uh, always a chance that some monsters might be around so (laughs) so uh, i i don't think uh this is spoilers because it's not even about ff13 but uh, when we start this section, Snow has his back to some rocks on the beach, and we can't we can't go back there. The game prevents us from going back there. However, in the intro scene of Final Fantasy XIII, too, we can go back there, and uh, and there are monsters right back there, like just some like oh, damn random so, yeah, beasts walking around. So <laughs> there you go. Here's the that answer. Explains to that. maybe why Psycom is, or I guess maybe why Lightning would be stationed here to kind of. Yeah, yeah. Killing womp rats and whatnot. <laughs> Bullseye and I'm back home. <laughs> um, but I, I love walking around this beach. Um, I was very excited to talk about a very good friend that I'm in love with. This this guy here. I'm going to drop him in the Discord. I was going to say, is it Godot? Because Godot is here. Who you got? Let's see here. Oh, that's right. I didn't even see him. Yeah. <laughs> There's a dog. <laughs> dude, what a good oh, boy. Yeah. What a cute boy. Oh, my God, dude. Not to mention, look at that guy's calves in the foreground, too. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But uh, so this is like a weird, like, I mean, every animal in the Final Fantasy universes tend to be kind of like a magical version. But this is like kind of a lassie dog, but if even is even poofier. <laughs> I think this went semi-viral from Lightning Returns because his model gets a little shittier by the time. <laughs> He's a, there's a low-poly version, like even lower-poly version of this dog. It looks completely broken. That's beautiful. I love him. Um, but yeah, there's, like do- there's a guy hanging out with his dog. There's like a daughter talking about like the waves. Like, where do waves D- come from? Daddy, where do waves come from? Speaking of that character, I don't know if like... The, the wave falsy, obviously. <laughs> I don't know if um, 
it was different in y'all's game or whatever. I assumed that like some NPCs got separated or something, but that the little girl who goes, daddy, where do waves come from? There was no one around her. And I was yeah, like, yeah, that's how it was for me. Who as is well. she talking to? <laughs> I had to stand, I had to stand between them. And like one was like 20 feet in one direction, the other <laughs> okay. one was, like, 50 feet the other. Like, <laughs> uh, Ooh, lots of water. Daddy, where do, uh, where's the ocean end? And like, oh, I think a cocoon's outer shell, baby. There's a wall on the other side of the sea. Don't they teach you at school? Oh, it's like a, it's like one of those infinity pools. Between Saz and this kid and this dad, I guess the school system in, uh, is not very good because he's like, <laughs> what are you teaching you kids? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I now remember. How big is the wall? And they don't answer that. But uh, Daddy, where do waves come from? Like, well, well, the water hits the cocoon's wall and it bounces back. Yeah, clearly and, uh, Cocoon has an overbloated military budget and they don't allocate any funds to the Department of Education. It's it's a good thing that he uh he he gave her a gave her a straight answer there before hope or um before Snow had the opportunity to draft him into his guerrilla m- militia, you know, later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what is interesting also, it doesn't say it in game, but there are some um random characters around that in the script are um, mentioned as Nora members, so people who aren't part of like our yeah, core, okay. like five groups. So like, hey, Snow, you on patrol? I was much creeping out today. I was gonna say, I was speaking of the person who says like, hey, Snow, are you on patrol? I was like, I don't think I've seen an NPC yet in the game who has recognized that we exist. <laughs> and so when they were like, hey, Snow, I was like, what? <laughs> Holy yeah, it's shit! Snow's really cool, and everyone loves him. Yeah. <laughs> or like one was like, I put on a few pounds, so Godot's helping me train. That's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. Going jogging with you later if you want to join us. Hey, Snow, where are you headed? I could be wrong here. So this this is the um this is before. Although yeah, those are all nameless members of Nora. So including the the nameless members of Nora and the members of Nora who are here, we have Godot and Yuge and all of them. They're Yuge's all here. Apparently, his fresh look, which. We've seen already, but we he apparently looked different before the scene. So this is before the the purge, right? This is before the quarantine and everything. And um, I could be wrong about my numbers here, but I counted about four people in Bodom who say some version of it sure is boring here. I wish something <laughs> yeah. dangerous would happen. And I was like, I hate when it's so peaceful. I think someone says something it. like it's that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so glad this yeah. peace is going to last forever. The reason I joined a militia is to fight something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We have a militia, but we don't even have anybody to fight. Wish we could fight someone. Like, shut up. <laughs> a lot of people are like, man, I'm so glad I get to live forever. <laughs> These are the people that were taking out seven mortgages in 2003, right? They're like, <laughs> man, I can't could believe, possibly dude, go these- wrong. These mortgage loans, man, they just pay themselves. <laughs> you know, that's what these people are doing. Yeah, I know, the I reason they call it a bubble is because it keeps on <laughs> bubbling up. <laughs> Throw more soap on that bubble, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the good fucking cocoon bubble because it's a big bubble too. It is. Yeah, usually I think it's like a rich boy because they're like, "Hey, how do you like the new look? No decent clothes in Fallon and Fallon. Had to go all the way to Eden to get them. Like, dude, you want to fucking like? <laughs> Literally everything we've read, even in the data log, says that everybody buys stuff on. Online. You could have just got it online. You didn't yeah. have to go all the way to Eden. He's like, no, nah, I don't feel like paying shipping. And then it's like, okay, how much does the fucking gas or whatever cost <laughs> yeah. to get you to Eden? <laughs> Man, dude. He had to go to a fucking like Sky Cruise, like to go shopping. He's like, it just do we get, get fresh for get the that, uh, part of his militia. You got to get that Sanctum Prime, you know, free two day shit. Say <laughs> 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 Sanctum Prime. <laughs> it's unless he means like the actual because there's a. Um, 
there is like a vending machine in Libero's shop that says like Eden Network, but I'm not sure if it's a news related or a shopping kiosk. There are several machines in Libero's cafe, and I like took note of all of them. There's like there's a uh, there's a coffee maker in there, and I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, F- Final Fantasy Future Coffee, incredible. And there's also like a little um like a a, a bar uh, cabinet that has like energy drinks and shit inside of it, and I was like, wow, it's amazing. And they're they're all made very like. There's a lot of care that was taken into modeling and texturing them, like in a way that I've never seen these items before ever. And I was like, somebody actually designed all these labels. That's incredible. <laughs> I went into the textures just to see like, wow, there's like a launch of like in-world brands and stuff. Like there's yeah. a, um, there's apparently an energy drink called uh, Shout. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. There's a poster that says Infoma, which looks almost like a Game Informer magazine cover or something like that. <laughs> oh, that's really cute. Yeah. Uh, it, it would be really good if they had product placement. Like they, you know, the, I think this was kind of the first instance of Final Fantasy getting into that <laughs> kind of world. But at the time that this game came out, it would have been perfect if they're like, what kind of energy drink do gamers like? We can get a product placement deal with them. And like Lightning just, or like Snow walks up and just grabs a, a, a bottle of balls. Just like cracks it open. He's like, oh, I love it. Balls. Fresh. Um, there's also beach rental and stuff here. I was trying to figure out what the menu says. because But you can rent like a parasol, lounge chair, inner tube, deck chair, and bodyboard. I didn't know oh, that's nice. what that was. I, I saw that. So they have like the little chalk sign like you see out of like mm-hmm. out in front of cafes in real life. Um, I was about to say in the real life, but uh, in yeah, the yeah. real life. And I was like, oh, those have got to be like Arnold Palmer, you know, <laughs> Americano, like stuff like that or whatever. But apparently it's like rentals. Yeah, then there's like an, uh, an actual food menu that says restaurant oh, there is. food. Um, I tr- I'm still trying to decipher all of it because it's very like compressed textures. But the drinks, they just have water, sparkling water. Uh, something water, like hot water or tea water. Uh, there is tea, orange juice, and oolong tea. Um, I'm curious what the top is. Maybe it's shaved ice. Oh, I see, I see. If it was water ice, that would be very <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But yeah, I've been going through. There's a water brand called Lego Blue. Is that what that is? Is the water brand? But, but what about balls? Do you, yeah, see, do you balls? see balls? You know, I never had a balls. It makes, that They're makes pretty good. Problem. I think it was like banana flavored was like the, the one. I have a ball sticker on my guitar case. (laughs) I just remember being like 16 or something and going to Micro Center for the first time. I mean, like, whoa, this place is, it's so cool. And then seeing balls be like, huh, that's funny. And drinking it being like, oh, this is actually pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a less fizzy monster. I'm glad you had a good experience with the balls, Carl. Oh, yeah. Always. I was going to say, uh, you know what? Your younger self was right. Micro Center is tight. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, that became a work thing after a while, like that exact one. So I ended up just fucking hating Micro Center. I see, I see. Um, There's a a poster on the wall of uh, like uh, a model or something, like a very fashionable. um, Yeah, I was like, I was wondering, I was like, did these motherfuckers put Gact in another goddamn game? (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's very uh, chic. I'm in FOMA. I wonder if that's like either an artist or a, a, like a fashion line or something like that. I wonder. Yeah. I'm sure they have concerts out here. It's like when Rammstein played. <laughs> oh, that just happened. That's right. Or else yeah. Fargo last night. Oh, damn. They played shit. That would have been... I hear they put on a really good show. It looks nuts. Yeah, there's a lot of fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't burn down all of, you know, South Philly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we... We, we were looking around. I know McKee's like hanging out by some motorcycles. Yeah. The ones I assume yeah. have a little bit more soul than the ones Godot is familiar <laughs> with. <laughs> you know what? They do look a lot more cool and less uh, 
less sci-fi. I, I never noticed it until you mentioned it in a a past um, flashback, Alex. But in all of these flashbacks and in this one included, the fucking vestige is back there. Yeah. Just looming over everything. And I feel like I've never noticed it's like it Epcot before. Center. Yeah, yeah, just, like, get... just like Epcot Center. What do you think's in the big what's in the big ball at Epcot what's, Center? What's the golf oh shit, ball it's a foul C. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you go into the middle of it, it brands you a Disney Lassie. Oh god, a fate worse than death. <laughs> you have to, you're, you're fated to destroy Universal. Your focus Studios. is to clean the toilets at Disney World. <laughs> It's good. <laughs> but yeah, you have to kind of walk around, right? There's not really much I think Godot and use are hanging out on the porch. Uh LeBro's yeah. working. But yeah, she's like, ah, why the long face? Do you and like you and Sarah have a fight or something? Yeah. You talked to her a few times because like, like, what are you doing moping around here? Go find that girls in here and tell you what you have to tell her. Yeah, yeah everybody every single says some NPC um has it takes a while to exhaust all of their dialogue, I've noticed. Yeah. And I was like, damn. And it's, it's, some of it's interesting. Like, I think Yuge is talking about, um, you know, the the Urid uh, Gorge accident. Yeah. He's like, oh, but I wonder why Psycom was there. You know, as everyone's like, oh, it's so peaceful. I hate it. And like, they're like, oh, weird that Psycom would go there. Oh, this weird vestige over there. Actually, there is an important piece of dialogue that Godot says that I've never heard before because I've never actually like gone and exhausted his dialogue where he says, I saw some girls in weird clothes hanging mm-hmm. out by the vestige the other day. Yeah. And so like yeah. It, important piece of information. You just put a little put a little pin in that. Yeah. Um I was wondering too, I was like, oh, I wonder if I can like try and make my way to the vestige to see who he's talking <laughs> about or like get a shot. You can't. Like you can kind of see the vestige, like we were saying, but pretty much we talked to LeBro. <clears throat> I think we just um I think it's the only way to continue because I was yeah. like, where the fuck yeah. am I supposed to go? You talk to LeBro, but she doesn't like have normal it's not like an actual like interaction, like a cutscene or anything. She just talks to you as if she's like an NPC. Yeah. Which makes it seem less important, but it is what you need to do to continue. Yeah. When you turn around, Sarah's on the dock. Yeah, your mini map kind of updates and shows you where to walk, which is a dock that previously was just completely empty. I do like how I think LeBro is trying to like wingman a little bit for Snow throughout the dialogue. Yeah. She's like, oh, you know, go find your girlfriend and like, you know, I'll make you guys a romantic dinner so you can make up. Wait a second. Does Sarah have magic too? Presumably at this point, right? Yeah, maybe she can turn invisible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's Invisa or whatever it is from FF6. But uh, yeah, Snow runs up onto the dock and then uh, triggers our next cutscene. Right. He's freaking out. He, uh, babe, he... babe, 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 <laughs> no, babe, wait, babe. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he just says she should have sidestepped and just goes plunging into the water. <laughs> <laughs> babe, what's wrong? You've you've hardly touched your focus, you know. <laughs> Sarah, what is your focus? Let's see. You have a focus, right? I'll go with you. Help you do it. Just let me. No, if you're with me, the sanctum will be with you. No matter what, we've come too far to quit now. If you're with me, the sanctum will, like, presumably talking about, like, yeah, you, you can't be an accomplice. I'm, yeah, this is my curse. It, it, you know, I don't want to get you roped into it. Right. She says, uh, I don't know. I don't know my focus. I'm going to be a monster. And Snow, as always, says, not if I'm here, I'll protect you. We'll figure this out, do it together, okay? And she like, she's like, okay. You know what I mean? She like accepts his assistance. And I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. I mean, she's expecting everyone in the world to be against her now. So, you know, to the point where she was trying to spare him. And he's... I think the promise is playing during this, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that one. Because I do think that earlier, you know, in the previous scene, like what Sarah is doing, you know, I kind of talked about Snow kind of making, you know, having that noble realization, right? And then, you know, chasing after Sarah. I think what Sarah's trying to do for Snow is pretty noble in and of itself, where she's like, yeah. I love this guy, but I know that like, with what I have now placed on my plate is only going to be fucking horrible for this person that I care deeply about. Right. And so she tries to create a distance between them. And then, you know, now kind of having this moment, you know, where he goes and chases her down. And I think that, you know, she realizes that like snow's not just like full of shit. And I'll talk about wanting to genuinely, you know, protect and support her in, in this, you know, yeah. very yeah. uncertain circumstance. And so I do think that those two cutscenes back back to back and like this whole scene is like really, really nice for just like actually giving me a reason to like snow. Like really yeah. like before yeah. this, like there really isn't really all that much that I admire about him. And then and then I see this day and I'm the like, proposal scene I thought was very noble too, because we all knew or yeah, knew about yeah, the that's whole, true. Like, that's so that's true. like, oh, this yeah. is like this is so heavy and like it's like extremely noble that he's like sticking mm-hmm. with her throughout this. It's cool. But right. even that this like yeah it's just kind of the coming out scene for him when this is like when he found out and then later we'll find out when lightning found out yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of the uh, characterization that we got for snow was from everyone else around him and saying like you know how they feel about him like oh he just seems like he's all talk and he's just you know no action and he is always in over his head and he's always you know like the stakes have never really been that high like even the fucking cops are like oh whatever let those kids do what they want no one's getting hurt that that six foot seven fucking asshole can take care of himself <laughs> let him beat up some animals so we don't have to do our job or whatever so like no one really took him seriously um mm-hmm. but like now that the stakes are the highest that they can pretty much ever be in this world and he's just like no i'm i'm right here i'm 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 gonna help you i'm going to protect you i'm gonna do everything i can right right they kind of like try to like find the silver lining and like well when elissi complete their focus <laughs> they'll, they'll be blessed with the gift of eternity they wouldn't call it eternity if you died yeah and like is that right? Is that how religion works? <laughs> I mean, you know. kind of like eternal life in you know Catholicism. They say you like you live an eternal life in heaven or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, they said you'll see. You and me will always be together. And then we get another uh, vanilla. We get another vanilla thing. Yeah. Even if death was all that she had waiting, nothing would have changed. Sarah was brave enough to face it. But it's not true. Something does change. The disc. Yeah. Oh. I'm so excited that oh, I got to be on. Shit. I told Alex weeks ago that I wanted to come on the a particular episode. Didn't know exactly when it was going to happen or if it was actually going to line up, but it did. I wanted to be here for this moment more than any other moment in the entire game. Final Fantasy 13 holds a <laughs> special place in my heart for two deeply nostalgic things for me. <laughs> First. This game is the last game I have ever bought in my entire life where I actually like camped out and waited and got it at midnight at its release. This is the last time I actually went to a video game store and got a midnight release was Final Fantasy 13. And they hooked me up so hard because I actually didn't pre-order the game, not thinking that I had to because I didn't think it was going to be like some super hot commodity and they had extras but at the midnight release they were only allowing people that had pre-ordered it to get one so i had waited in line for like you know two hours prior to them opening the GameStop at midnight i go up to the counter and you know the guy that's selling it to me is like hey i'm really sorry but like we're only doing pre-orders tonight you'll have to come back in the morning the other cashier overhears the conversation and he's like 
he can have my pre-order. And so the other oh, cashier actually pre-ordered shit. the game, oh. but he's like, I'm working right now. Like, I'm not going to go home and play it. You can just have my pre-order. So he canceled his pre-order and gave me, gave it to me. And so I got the game at midnight because of this really oh, no, nice That's cashier. amazing. Like, that's yeah. awesome. And so like, I have a very fond memory of it. And like I said, it's the last time that I ever actually went out to buy a physical copy of game at midnight. Um, it was the, the the Friday I think or Saturday that spring break was starting my like freshman year of college so like I was looking forward I basically spent the whole week just playing this game and I got to this part or it was really when I opened the my because I, I played the Xbox 360 edition obviously yeah um, it was when I when I when I opened it up and I took out the disc and I saw that there were two more I was like Oh my God, this is my Final Fantasy. Like, as you three know, but maybe not everyone listening knows, like, my bread and butter is FF9, 8, and 7. Like, those are the ones I play. Those are the ones I love most passionately. And just getting to this moment and just popping open the disc tray and swapping disc, I was like, Final Fantasy, you my best friend. Like, it was like just. <laughs> Something that means nothing to probably 99% of the people playing this game, but it meant everything to me. That's so good. On, on behalf of all the Gen Zers who are listening, I'll bite. What's a disc? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, and but here's kind of like the interesting and ironic thing, too, I guess, is that like obviously the disc change has nothing to do with this, but this is still my favorite Final Fantasy game since Final Fantasy IX. Like, really, since the transition to PS2, FF13 is, has remained my favorite one after that ps1 era that's like my my you know heyday of final fantasy games so those are kind of like two two really nostalgic things that i had attached to this game um and i was really really hoping to get to get to the part where we got to change discs so anyone that's <laughs> following along at home on the xbox 360 edition savor that disc swap all right <laughs> <laughs> don't lose it yeah, do not yeah. lose disc two. Don't be like GMC Fosho and his last disc of FF7. You need all of them to play the game. That's a uh, that's a really sweet story, and it's very mm. tragic that GameStop headquarters uh, caught wind of that employee hooking you up like that and then <laughs> had him uh, publicly executed yeah, for, an say some him for doing something good for a customer because they, they gave do not him, take kindly to that. They they branded the Lassie on uh, the Lassie tattoo <laughs> yeah, on his arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's funny i didn't i didn't even think of that as a, a component of this um but I, it's funny that you guys bring it up on this episode because right before we started i was looking up some differences between the ps3 version and the pc version uh just because i noticed curtis's um right after me doing the boss fight we, which we may or may not get to uh, and not finishing <laughs> it because it's very difficult for me i was watching curtis play through it and his frame rate looks a lot better so i was like oh it would make mm. sense that ps3 might run in uh 30 and pc might run in 60 or you know upscaling or whatever um and i wanted to confirm that and the first thing that came up when i searched uh like ps3 fps was just a, a an old like forum from 2010 like march 5th 2010 that just says uh <laughs> ff13 on on 360 quote unquote isn't anywhere near as impressive as ps3 and i was just like oh what's this is this a review or something it's just some shitty like fan on a on a site and like the first thing that someone said about it was just like, oh dear. Also, enter fanboys. Just basically being like the console <laughs> war thing. Like, being like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, what well, was like the, the PS3 was kind of said to be like, looks better but runs slower. Mm. Yeah, probably something like that. No, those are all days of the past, right? Yeah. We, we don't have to worry about FPS or anything. What's a console? Anything. 
I've been trying to bring back the console wars by just dunking on Xbox 360, even though that's all I have. <laughs> 360. Yeah. I just always say like, oh, you turn 360 degrees and walk yeah, away. I love that. The thing that makes so no much. fucking sense. That's so good. It's I did. I did end up getting a, P- a PS3 eventually and buying this game again on it and playing it on the PS3. Um, I wasn't really in the market for a PS3, but as uh, you know, you, I'm really, really into movies. Shoutouts to Alex. Follows me on Letterboxd, my guy. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> So I bought my PS3 because I wanted to get a Blu-ray player. And this is when Blu-ray players were still like pretty fucking expensive. And so I, I, I mean, it's the same thing with the PS2 is that yeah, exactly, part of the yeah. reason the PS2 was such a commodity. Like, yeah, you could play movies on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, it's like this, the slim is like so tiny and like, yeah, exactly. Why so that's what I ended it? up getting. I got like a pre-owned slim and it was like 150 bucks because the Blu-ray players I wanted were like 120. And I was like, Dude, I'm just gonna yeah, get yeah. a fucking PS3. Not the ill-fated uh, HD DVD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My old like record shop still had a section with like the had the red box. Yeah, instead, instead of the blue, of the blue one. one, I remember. And like uh, everything was there. Like, oh man, all these great deals for movies I can't play. The, the PS- <laughs> they had a UMD section too. If you had a PSP, you can watch uh, Spirits Within on a little. Uh, <laughs> probably watch Shrek on that bad boy, or you can watch oh, the yeah. Shrek that they have on Game Boy Advance. I assume. <laughs> oh my god! Um, the PS3 that I'm playing off of is actually my fiance's, and um, she has two. One of them is the backwards compatible one from launch, and the other one is oh, just a, a different one that I don't know where she got Slim that one. Or whatever. But um. I think at the time that this launched, her dad did the same thing. He wanted a Blu-ray player and the market was just crazy for them. So he's like, well, why don't we just get the PlayStation 3? Because it's almost the same price as a Blu-ray player and you get so much more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it makes PS3s sense. are still great. Yeah. Yeah. I love this thing. I think at the time you can install Linux app on them too <laughs> for a while. Yo, I can play Doom. <laughs> well, anyway. Anyway. But, but Carl didn't have to change his disc. I did not. I did That's have right. to save my progress, though. You didn't have to. I didn't have to, but it's recommended. <laughs> I did. I always say whenever I can because uh, running at 4K can be kind of unstable. Yeah, I I learned the hard way that even though this game is very forgiving with its battles, uh, you probably want to save as much as possible because <laughs> uh, that kind of bit me in the ass this time around. To take to take some of Lightning's words, it's not about whether you can or can't save your game at the end of that. Some things you just do. Yeah, exactly. So, uh. Should we take a break before we enter the next? Uh, I'd say that's probably disc. a pretty good place to take a break. Why sure? Why certainly? All right, all right. Let's uh, hit the let's hit the data logs. No, you guys are talking about. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go make a playlist of all lymphoma top hits. You know? <laughs> Hey, this area is a place that I know the name of because we oh, mentioned yeah. it once on an earlier episode. We were at the mall and we heard this song. We heard yeah, the song for so this good. place at the mall. <laughs> it's Dude. just like canonically the mall. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the, the Gates of Antiquity Mall would definitely be a place I would go to in, like, <laughs> in, in, in Massachusetts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Retail Archaeology. Today, we're at the Gates of Antiquity Mall in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the uh, the art director I was trying to think of is uh, Isamu Kamikokuryo, I think is his name. Isamu Kamikokuryo. But yeah, he's 
of course introduced the series uh, in Final Fantasy X, designing all the gadgets, and then I think he hopped in on twelve as like main art director, which is why like okay. you start seeing like a, a different uh, visual vocabulary kind of kick in after ten. I will say that this guy is going absolutely ham on this game. Like he is having the time of his life. Whether or not it was like fun for him, I'll never know. But like. He went all the way <laughs> on everything in this game. There's actually a really good, like, little um, documentary on him that's really nice. That it, mm. They kind of spend time, like, interviewing and time talking. He's, like, out in, like, nature, just, like, with a sketch pad and, like, a paintbrush oh. and just, like, sketching out stuff. And it's really cool, like, kind of his his methodology. I would like to see that. But I also think it's very funny that his whole, like, catalog is, like, Final Fantasy 10, then 12, then 13, then 13, 2, then 15, then Paper Mario, Origami King. <laughs> oh, nice. I love that, that is game. A, that is a game that many people have told me they deeply dislike, but I thoroughly I enjoyed. love it. I, yeah, I had a great time. That. I would describe it as like kind of like whimsical. Like it's got like a good yeah. whimsy yeah. about it. I enjoy the humor. I thought it was kind of a cute little thing. I had a yeah. lot of fun playing it. Yeah. Well, now I got to play like it to the see if there's any is... uh, parallels in the visual style. Oh, it's basically <laughs> the same game. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to 13, yeah? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, do. you just you paradigm shift, but you do origami. Like, you fold shit. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in this, we we also have a boss that's just a shit ton of uh, colored pencils that we got to uh, <laughs> take down. You just wait till Hope takes the stapler to the face, man. It's <laughs> yeah. Do y'all remember how scary the fucking scissors were? Oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> terrifying. Um, but we're in the Gapper Whitewoods, which is basically Macalonia Forest, but it's electronic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much right. It's the EDM version. There's so much. They just jam to the dubstep while they're <laughs> hanging out in Macalonia here. I mean, like the paths that we're walking on, they do look like like the floor of like a stage at like a it's a Mario Kart like a big track. EDM fest or something. Yeah, or like, yeah, or like Rainbow Road. Yeah, um, the establishing shot that we get here is really cool because we kind of just see lightning doing like a you know like a military kind of formation sort of run into here, like checking to make sure everything you know. She's doing her SWAT sweep. Coast is clear. Yeah, exactly. And and she's just holding her gun blade like ready to shoot, which we've established that she does do with that as well. But kind of interesting that you know gun mode. I guess uh, if you if you saw someone coming for you, it's easier to just shoot at them than to turn it into a gun. And, yeah, uh, or, or turn right. it into a blade and, and fight them. Um, behind them, I noticed that the doors that close, like, I guess we're kind of in a contained forest. Because this is, like, SICOM-controlled uh, area, right? Yes. Okay, so speaking of which, there's two entries in the data log, now that you say that. Um, one of them is... is So, SICOM does control this area. It is under their jurisdiction. In a special group, or a special offshoot of SICOM, called the Woodlands Observation Battalion... Mm. Um, and I have that written down, and I forgot to actually mention this earlier. We learn about another sub-shooter, an offshoot of the military, called the Wide Area Response Brigade, which is what Sid Rains is in charge of. That's his actual like title. He's the Brigadier General of the Wide Area Response Brigade. So he's a Navy, and these guys are like the Mounties, the park rangers. <laughs> and they, they, they make a, a statement that SICOM operates from Eden. Like, that's like their home base. But the Guardian Corps have no home base. And so the Lindblom is their flying fortress. Like, that's like their thing that they are part of. I love that the Lindblom just by name sounds like a blimp. Like an old, like the Hindenburg <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But yeah, we're in the white with the white wood. But I noticed that behind them, the the door closes, and like I think what lightning says, like oh, I guess there's no one following us or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and hope's kind of like oh, I can't believe we made it. Um, but yeah, the door that closes is pretty much the same like design as like the giant hanger that we flew out of um, hanging edge from as is well. It? So there's an interesting uh, continuing that motif of like a giant V shape or trapezoidal shape with like splaying out lights, yeah, 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 yeah. even though it's a different mm. size. Interesting. But yeah, that'll slow down pursuit is what Lightning says. But yeah. yeah um, Hope is like, but aren't they on this side as well? <laughs> we can't relax <laughs> just yet. Yeah, and Lightning's like, right, so we press on. I'll take I'll take point and you watch our backs. And then we get an important moment for Hope. <laughs> Love it. Love and it. us as the player, because he says, actually, why don't you let me take point? And Lightning's like, oh, can you handle it? And he's like, it's not a question of can or can't. And, and Lightning's just like, yeah, now you're learning. Yeah, Keep your I eyes front, that. I'll watch the rear. And he's like, God. You can't it. just repeat something I said and <laughs> like, like a year understand. ago, yeah. Like <laughs> what? So I, I I think I said last time that like my favorite thing of FF13 is is Hope and Lightning's relationship with each other. Like it is my favorite part of this game, like by far, right? Um, and what I love is that like we already have seen a little transformation of their relationship between like being two strangers, her being annoyed with him, to her kind of being like an older sister or even motherly figure for Hope. Mm-hmm. And what I like about this section and going on forward is they kind of become just friends. <laughs> like they just kind of become like equal friends. Yeah, and, like, like we I get love a rare that. lightning smile when when this yeah. is all going down. She like smiles at him like, oh, you're getting it. Like you're learning from me. Yeah, and, and like over time as we go on, we hear her like, be supportive of like what he's like, like his 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 advancement in that way like in his like ability to fight and take care of himself but then she even like asks like if he's doing okay and stuff be like oh something's eating you what's going on you know blah blah blah. we're we're partners on this you know what i mean like they i yeah. like that they kind of become equals in that way i think it's like a very very nice trajectory for both of their characters yeah it's really really sweet it is very silly though because uh there is never any encounters behind us <laughs> yeah, <That's true>. um, <laughs> it's 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 nice, and I was I was very touched by it, and then I got horrified by it because I realized what the context in game means, where it says battle team changed, and then your party leader becomes Hope, which yeah, completely yeah. changes how this game plays. I think yeah, is this yeah. the first time that we haven't had complete control of Lightning when she was in our party? Uh, there was one very small section I think where we were in charge. Maybe size. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, not like this though. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know what, Alex? You're right. There are no battles behind us because Lightning has been watching our backs. Yeah, Lightning's uh, taking uh, down so. the huge <laughs> fleet of enemies that just are, are spilling in the entire time. <laughs> we, do get a, uh, we do get a trophy here as well if you're playing on uh, PS3, which is Instrument of Vengeance, which I Ooh. assume is also an Xbox achievement. <laughs> nice. A couple things I wrote down for this scene um, here that I kind of took note of is that one, I don't think it's at all a coincidence that the scene where we get hope kind of just finally coming to terms with the situation that he's in and just taking, you know, charge of, you know, kind of moving forward with what he's been dealt happens immediately after we see the flashback where that is basically happened to snow. Like, I don't mm. think that that's an accident at all. Like, you know, they both kind of have a scene where they have something they're fi- they're finally yeah, just like true. they they have an issue and then we see the scene where they accept kind of the issue that they got and they're like all right we need to move forward and i don't think that that like dichotomy especially between the two of them is gonna like i don't think that's like on accident and then the other yeah, thing is yeah. that i think it's kind of interesting that like the 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 main like problem that hope is kind of carrying with him being the death of his mother and holding snow kind of culpable for that for being the one that puts the gun 
in our hands and then you know she kind of takes off is that like hope's kind of in a position now where like when he's taking the lead like he's kind of doing the same thing that mom is doing right like where like yeah he's sure. yeah. he is realizing that like this is a a time where i have to kind of leave my comfort zone of what i'm used to in life and kind of be a combatant i need to be a strong individual or like a warrior in this kind of circumstance so i think that's kind of important in that like if hope can like embody and understand what his mom was thinking when she asked for right. the rifle i think that will be important to like getting him to to cope with this vengeance that he's kind of seeking and finding that solace in in you know the inevitable reunion with snow and so i really yeah. like the kind of transition from end of chapter four to five here for kind of I actually reasons. brought that up when when lightning is like you can turn around right now and leave like it's basically the same thing <laughs> snow is like are you sure are you sure you like you know <laughs> yeah, what you're getting yeah. into when you're hopping in there's like he's just doing what his mom was doing he's just like i need to do this yeah yeah it's also interesting that lightning has pretty much like nothing but disdain for snow <laughs> like, she, like we were she's saying right. earlier she tolerates him she's like whatever but she like does not like him she will fucking punch him as hard as she can um if she needs to but like she's also kind of accidentally like i don't think she's intentionally trying to like manipulate hope's emotions in a way to just be like you were just like your mom you have to see things from your mom's perspective but she's like doing that she's she's putting hope in the same again i don't think it's like intentionally but she's putting hope in the same sort of situation that his mom was in just on a different you know on a on a whole different track sure i imagine it's pretty complicated too as lightning as like you know being in this scene like curtis said like she kind of takes on like you know some some elements of like the mom type role here but like just because of the way her personality is and how she does kind of have that very rigidness to her i think there's a part of her that's like you know what i think you should fucking hate snow like i do think that yeah. there's a part yeah, of me yeah. that was like if you want to if you want to blame him like i get it i wish my little sister hated him as much as you did <laughs> <laughs> i need you to hang out with my little sister yeah <laughs> i was wondering about that i was also wondering that like is is snow or i'm sorry is is lightning like not imprinting on, but it is is hope taking the place of Sarah because she didn't have a good last interaction with Sarah. You know what I mean? Like she's lost yeah, Sarah definitely. and lost the ability to be that to her. And so like hope is now kind of that surrogate for that. Maybe grieving or still trying to figure out what the fuck the how to feel about, you know, where, you know, Sarah fulfilling her focus. Yeah. Yeah, I, this game good. <laughs> the fact that he just like uh, hates Snow's guts probably. He, she's like, yeah, fine. Like, like, I can roll with this. I can, yeah. with this. <laughs> <laughs> I can fix him. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, we go ahead, right? And uh, we immediately meet some new and strange creatures. We do. Uh, there's yeah, we're on this like path. Like it's really strange. Like I'm assuming these like once again kind of floating platforms like a hang edge, but it's more like a weird racetrack from Mario Kart. You, we're I, following these like light light beacons at different like intersections or different like junctions to kind of help. I mean, I'm sure the in game is just kind of help us orient ourselves because the area is very uh very easy to get turned around on after a battle where you're just like, oh okay, I was going back this way, and then I'm like, oh my god, I'm fucking all the way back at the beginning again. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I like to turn my HUD map off just for the immersion because there's like no, there's nothing else on the screen. And it's very nice to take screenshots that way. But I had to turn it on a few times because it just got spun around. Yeah, I don't even have that excuse. I have an arrow pointing at all times that I just refuse to look at, and then I'm like, oh, right, duh. <laughs> we find some uh, these things called frag leech. The frag leech. I like these guys. They're like nudie branches, or nudie brank, I guess. They're like those little sea, mm. sea slugs. Yeah, yeah I was going to say like urchins, yeah. But yeah, they're kind of gross little red uh, poisonous 
sluggos, right? I also just like their like little jump animations they do. They they're like I love it. Fuck it, Geronimo! Like they. Just I think do the those funniest like, thing is if they see you coming as you're running up. You know, you're trying to get your preemptive, or you're just trying to run into them. They do a jump over you and yeah. then try to attack you from the back. <laughs> yeah, those freaking assholes <laughs> jump on you. It's good. It'd be they're, funny if that gave cool. them a preemptive strike. That would I mean, be, it would suck because would the, suck. this game is rough <laughs> enough with the battle system, but... Uh, could you imagine? I was thinking that, too. I was like, oh my gosh, if that was an aspect of this game. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just, they just get your stagger bar almost max. They only have to hit you one time. <laughs> Speaking of your stagger bar, let's go ahead and bring it up. I was streaming this game today, a couple hours ago, and Carl noticed while I was playing, I had hope and lightning in medic and they were healing each other double and dose, as that baby. was happening like stagger bars popped up for my characters for hope and lightning i never noticed that before but luckily friend and uh yeah friend and guest of the show mr Zwanzig, was there to be like okay you can't actually stagger yourself the reason that's there is consecutive healing does more depending on how far that bar is up so that's what your quote-unquote stagger bar is for and i was like oh okay Interest. Intriguing. Pretty yeah, sick. Yeah, I noticed that too. Oh, that does it. Yeah, nudie branch. Bronk? They're cute. Yeah, I think there's the, the there's those Pokemon uh, that are based yeah. off of those as well. Yeah. I like how this one looks like he's got a little mustache. Oh, he does! He got a little, uh, uh, like, um, snidely whiplash. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cute. <laughs> uh, it, another cute thing about this section is um, a lot of like the field dialogue that Lightning has as you're running around is her just giving Hope pointers and encouraging him. And, yeah, like, she won't shut up. Yeah, she's like she talks more than fucking Navi in Ocarina of Time. <laughs> it's like now that she's a supporting character, like she will not like <laughs> she, she, her silent phase is over. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like be wary, but don't be afraid. Don't go chasing after enemies. It's a surefire way to get ambushed. Whatever you do, yeah. do not. Do not go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> She's just making up for all the conversation that she neglected to have with Hope for like the days that they've known each other now. <laughs> this is like when I get service back and like all my text messages are coming through at the same time. Like, yeah. She's like, remember when I was telling you to keep five feet away from me at all times? I'm sorry. Let's... Let's let's yeah. that. I'm sorry. Four four feet. It's fine. You can come a little closer. <laughs> Study your enemy's actions. That'll help you form a strategy. A lot of these are pretty basic. One thing yeah. that really made me happy is I was trying to just like look at this really cool environment. Um, like the you know, parts of the road just like the junctions that we were talking about kind of break off and they look like they probably were full roads at one point, but then they, you know, got destroyed. Right. Um so it's it's a very straight path um but i wanted to look at all of the environment and i was kind of just like panning around trying to see everything and lightning just says she's just standing there with her like hand on her hip and she says how long are you planning on standing here <laughs> <laughs> that's freaking perfect oh did we mention that this place is called the gapper whitewood proto-ecology belt oh i didn't know proto-ecology yeah. belt i think lightning mentions that, that this is where they make the like bio weapons yeah i yeah, think coming yeah. up later we we get deeper into it and we get a bit of an in info dump on that this is where they make the all the cyber cats yeah like the pantherons and stuff that we saw earlier on yeah and, and the creatures here are not uh, augmented yet like they're yeah. wild well but right. once we get lower yes yeah. so at first they're still augmented oh, okay on the top upper levels we are still interacting with yeah the new the uh the frag leeches are call that because they were engineered to be as such. Maybe they're eating all the cyber vegetation that's everywhere. <laughs> like it's weird that there are trees everywhere that are yeah. made of like technology. Yeah, all the all the like foliage of this 
jungle, quote unquote. You know, is is all the leaves are look like Titus's brother blade and shit like that. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah it does. Yeah. You mean Waka's brother? Oh, brotherhood. Okay, I thought you were like Titus's brother. I was like Titus did not have a brother. brotherhood blade. Yeah. Yeah, baby, the, baby sword never used. The, the, <laughs> the, the Lorax had a heart attack when he played this chapter. He was just like, <laughs> the fuck's up with all the trees? What did you do? <laughs> you blew it. <laughs> no, I, I really, I think this is one of my favorite looking areas in the game. Um, like Carl was talking about lightning, making fun of him for standing around and staring it at him. There is, there's one thing that um, Zwanzig actually kind of got me in the habit of um, a long time ago after we had only known each other for probably like two years or so. And he did a stream where he he was just like wandering around in 13 and he would just like get really close to a lot of just like the textures and just kind of like look at them. And this was one of the areas that after I had seen him do that, that I spent the most time doing that just because I think there's just like a lot of pretty like pastel colors. Yeah. You kind of talked about like the, this game the, is very dense and it's really hard to extrapolate like exactly what we're seeing. Yeah, like, just trust yeah, us. yeah. <laughs> That's Why funny are you listening to this if you haven't played it also? There's like I, things I, that if you the longer you look at them, the more the more they don't make sense too. <laughs> like Yeah. It yeah. is like that's wild. Like on the first glance it just looks like a force, but if you like take like more than two seconds to look at anything, you realize yeah. that everything is just made of like technology. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's such a cool, unique aesthetic that I've never really seen before. What's funny about that, I feel like, is that when I played this section and one of my notes says, I think this is the most boring looking area that we've been to yet. I'm like, oh, this is the most lame area thus far. And, but I it's not on because like a, of like... On a vast, on a, like a wide yeah. stand, like it look, feels very boring, but on a macro level is very interesting. I like think the scope of it is considerably more contained than some of the areas you guys have visited earlier uh, on uh, yeah it, with maybe it doesn't a have uh, like, like even vile peaks and brescia had like more verticality yeah and, like, exactly different, like i think different the, i think the openness of brescia certainly kind of gives you just like this like grandeur to kind of you know take sure. it yeah after being like in almost like encased in like a super dark travel for the first two chapters it's like after you get out of that brescia is just kind of like marvelous i think is the word mm. i would use to describe it at best and then sure you know, this is like considerably more self-contained. It's very contained and there's no landmarks, right? There's no like point that yeah, I can go yeah, to yeah. to be like, like there is the road, the trees, the gates and the elevators. And those are all the things that are here. There is nothing besides those things. And so, yeah. but those are very interesting. Like they're very nicely designed and very nice to look at, but like there's nothing aside from them. those elevators are looking cool. Well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I think the other thing too, to your point is, so you get to an elevator and you know, you start going up and you're like, oh, maybe it's going to look different. And it's kind of just more of the same, you know, yeah, at, right. at that point. I know it's like, oh, cool. It's a little mistier up here. That's the yeah, only thing yeah, I noticed. Yeah. It's a little grayer, less colorful. Uh, I do like the um, like the the cables or like the, they almost look like tubes, like uh, guitar amp tubes yeah. or something <laughs> that are behind the elevators. But I think it's just like the circuitry or like the the cables or, or whatever. But they're like yeah. glowing and they're, they're very cool looking. It almost looks like they're covered with like a transparent um, like uh, shielding or something. Yeah. It's really nice looking. I agree. Eventually, we hit um, one of these junctures and we get a, 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 a little um, cutscene here where Hope is just kind of asking Lightning. He's like, hey, like, have you ever been here before? Like, you know, like on duty or anything? And uh, Lightning says, no, I haven't. Um, this area is covered by the Woodlands Observation Battalion. Is that the one that you were mentioning earlier, Curtis? Yeah. 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 W-O-B. Yeah, I was thinking about the the uh, the acronyms. I was like, oh, I hope one of these spells something funny and... None of them do. Wob. But uh, then lightning just kind of like slowly like 
continues walking after saying that. Like, that's the end of that conversation for her. She just turns around and looks at him and goes, you scared? <laughs> <laughs> like, it did. It, 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 she's not bullying him or anything, but that just sounds like such a bully thing to say. Yeah. But he's like, not really. I'm ready to fight if I have to. And then she produces a small knife. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, well, I guess it's a big knife because knives are usually small. So comparatively to most knives, it's actually massive. But <laughs> it's smaller than her gun blade, right? To keep you safe. I want it back. I'm glad I followed you. By myself, I would have had no chance. And she just kind of turns around and walks onto the elevator. And that's the end of that scene. Yeah. Really, nice. really good. It's a cool knife. It looks like it has a built-in cigar cutter because there's like a little loop on the <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Like a little loop hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So if you yeah, put a cigar yeah, yeah. in there, you can like trim it. You know? That's the accidental index finger breaker. Did you just imagine Hope just like having a stogie in his mouth? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we get another lift, right? Yeah, we get on our first of many. Yeah, lightning kind of runs ahead like characters sometimes do, but um, I wanted to go and check for like, you know, any treasures around here or anything and look at the environment a little more. So I got off the elevator and started walking around. I was like, oh, there's literally nothing, so let me go. And I went on the elevator and hit, you know, activate and only hope was on the elevator yes, so I, just yeah. left, I just left lightning down there i was just like oh, oh i did that okay. later when i was playing as lightning and i was like oh no hope <laughs> uh we meet another enemy called a vespid up here right yes it, it kind of reminds me of the um the the watch drones a little bit yeah wait are the watch drones mechanized versions of these no these are the me the vespids are already mechanized okay never mind because we'll see the unmechanized version they are kind of like the bat things and they look like they have like a like a little bladder of like yeah very gross it just has like a little like syringe at one end and like a sack which i think it can like absorb your health right? i was gonna say they it may be poisonous because i kept getting poisoned this section over and over i think in here we also get a star pendant which i th think gives you uh 20 resistance to poison yeah which you can level up to have a higher percent uh resistance Abilities. While you guys are looking that up, I'll also say that I used the pro strats from last uh, episode about leveling up and how that level up system works with, um, you know, organic versus like mechanical ones. Yeah. And I was just testing it out. I was like, oh, I got some materials to burn. Let me try it. And I ended up like leveling up Hope's le uh, weapon from like level two to level five immediately. And then later <laughs> I did the same thing with lightning to level six on her weapon. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of just cutting through these enemies like it was nothing. Yeah, yeah. So the Vespid doesn't have poison attacks. It's not that. But it does have an attack called Flurry of Fire. And I think I game over, or not game over, but I died one time this time, and it was to Fury of Fire. It's immune to launch. Speaking of launch. 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 Yo. <laughs> this is when I started using launch a lot. Oh, it's very yeah. fun. Dude, it's all about just seeing how long you can keep those motherfuckers up there. <laughs> like, yeah, so good. It's, it's really nice. Um, yeah, so later, I mean... We'll, we'll get to him, but uh, we fight another alpha behemoth and just like it just turns into fucking game of like Super Smash Bros. Melee. Where I was like, thinking Smash Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> you're just like she's launching game. this thing in the air. And every time you attack it, it just like, keeps it like basically stunlocked like yeah, 50 yeah, yeah. feet in the air. It's so basically um, if you're not familiar with what launch is and uh, the I think it's only for lightning right now um, yeah, on commando you you can get a, an ability called launch where i thought it was just going to be like a technique or something or an ability that we have to use but it literally just 
is like a passive thing that when your enemy has a full stagger gauge and you're, you know, building up those chains and everything, you can kind of just run up to it and the first attack will launch them into the air. The only time that that doesn't happen is if they're already in the air, like if they're a flying enemy or something. Mm -hmm. But you just launch them in the air and they're just sitting there and then they can't do anything while they're up there. So you can just really hammer yeah. in some damage and it is really satisfying and extremely fun. And each consecutive hit lengthens the amount of time that they're in the air so like if you launch them and then at this point lightning has four atb charges because she did get her idol on or idolin um so she can launch them and then hit them three times that extends their amount of time in the air and then if you're in a nice cycle with hope hope will then do his magic after you land and are building atb which keeps it in the air for longer and then you're ready to go again until you jump up and it's still in the air because hope kept it there. And so you can just keep the enemy up there um, just as long as you can. It's great. It's really, really fun. It's really interesting. It's definitely considerably harder to do with just the two characters. But like later yeah. on, when you have the ability and you're back to having a three party, a uh, three member party, rather, like it's fun to just try to like time your person's inputs to like, you know, just keep them rolling. It's I think I think people were describing that as juggling. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah, yeah. people kept saying juggling in my chat. I'm like, yeah, that sounds that sounds fun. <laughs> it's wild to having it. I think certain characters have like a launch like resistance stat. Mm. So there is a uh, a motorcycle that we fight later on in this area that we can't launch, um, but that's because it's already floating. Yeah. Okay. So I think like it's the, like coughing um, because he yeah, can't be hit exactly. by a uh, ground type attacks. Yeah, exactly. use a grounding. Uh... Yeah. Speaking yeah, of oh, yeah, um, true, ground yeah. type moves, we can also unlock with Hope a move called Quake. Quake. And Quake uh, uses TP. It's it not does. just an ability. But um, it'll hit all the enemies kind of just in the area. So I'm assuming if they're not floating. It's like Earthquake and Pokemon, I'm assuming it'd be like that. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah. Like Vespids and uh, Vespas, like the. <laughs> That's yeah, an interesting. Them, but it, uh, it has like you know yeah. uh, stalagmites. Yeah, that kind of like comes ground, up so. off of the ground. Yeah, yeah. It might still. Oh, hit cool! Some. It's it's a really useful ability for just like building stagger gauge. Yeah, oh, our, buddy, I didn't think about that. our buddy Cloud um, was in my chat, and he was like, "Oh yeah, a good way to use this is if you get a preemptive strike, just hit him with mm. Quake, and then you just stagger everything immediately." Oh, yeah. that's because a good it, idea. It's got that, that area of effect, and obviously with the preempt, yeah, it, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's a great idea. I didn't think about that. There's a few Vespids, quite a few of those uh, frag leeches, more uh, Thexterons, the you know, yeah. the leveled up uh, Pantherons. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, like you said, we do eventually hit an alpha behemoth, um, which I had very little trouble with. Maybe it's because of my, you know, super leveled up weapons, or maybe because Hope is really good at getting preemptive strikes, or at least yeah. was for me. I was just sneaking up on everything. So I snuck up on him, got a preemptive strike, and just like absolutely destroyed it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I really thought you were gonna say because you're an alpha. Like I, no, I, I, no. I was like, Carl, no, don't do it. Well don't known Sigma. It. Well known yeah, Sigma yeah. gamer Carl. <laughs> I don't know why, but like that was immediately when you were like you're like, but I didn't really have any trouble with it, and I was like, oh no, Carl. Because I'm more <laughs> alpha <Damn>. now. <laughs> I need to invent um, a new type of man that just dropped and put up a YouTube video and get a million views. Yeah, man. <laughs> Toxic uh, behemoth, behemoth lenity, behemoth lenity. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be an omega male. 
I did find the Hawkeye which for Hope, which is a new... Uh, yes, I immediately equipped that. Official amateur competition model utilizes basic amp technology. Oh, nice. It's, it's like more magic heavy. Puts all your points in magic, baby. And I was like, oh, he's a Ravager right now. And he has all these like... Spells. Spells, yeah. So like, makes sense to me. Does magic also help with like medic abilities? I don't know I, that. As far as I know, the answer is yes. Good. I would hope so. That that counts as a magic skill. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I could look it up, but I won't. Uh, well, I really maybe uh, say, I would. I was light. I would lightning so, but. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, was also uh, trying to see if there was like a gag there, but no. Uh, you know, yuck, it's yuck, yuck. it's it's magic if you're using hope because he uses cure, but it, it's actually on based on the strength stat for lightning because she uses heal strike and just <laughs> hits you with the sword and gives you HP. Yeah, you're just injured, and she just slaps you with the. <laughs> the broad side of uh, her gun blade. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then we see another another cutscene happens eventually, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hope has good uh cat like reflexes. Oh, he's in the he's in the zone right now. His spidey sense starts tingling. Dude, you put him on point for for three minutes. This shit's going down <laughs> now, dude. He's yeah. got it. Yeah. They're like, oh, what's the hubbub? And uh, he's like, oh yeah, we need to hide. And so they just quickly run underneath one of the the cyber brush. Cyber <laughs> cyber uh, brush. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, some of those uh, floaty cycles that we've seen Snow and Godot fly around. Uh, I think, I'm guessing they're park rangers just fly over. Yeah, they're the fish and wildlife. They're making sure nobody's out here fishing without a permit. Only you can prevent electronic forest fires. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they um they zoom by and Hope's like, ooh, they don't seem like they're even looking for us. I mean, we're La Sea and we're on the loose. And Lightning says, Psychom's keeping it all under wraps. They don't want their failure publicized. Better to lose us than lose their pride. So I guess that means that even though she talks about this area being under, like, Psychom's, it's kind of Psychom's deal to to take these creatures and mechanize them. I guess the, the, the what is it called, the environmental battalion or whatever here, it hasn't been told about the Lassies, like the, the failure of the containment. So they don't even suspect that... Uh, Lissy or loose here. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Basically, just like infighting between the different branches and stuff, I would assume, or, or like not necessarily infighting, but, you know, being very separate and just being like, well, yeah. I don't want to tell the other fucking team that we fucked up because then they'll go and tell their superiors and then we'll yeah. be in way more trouble. So, which is cool. I, I like didn't really that. see it as a pride thing. I, I found it more of a like, oh shit, like we can get in a lot of trouble if we. Uh, this yeah. is some real like Venture Brothers henchmen shit. <laughs> I also just kind of see it the way I, I kind of read it, I guess, kind of similar to what Carl kind of like reads into it is that like I feel like the whole notion of like this society or just like anything that kind of is like has like the elements of the dystopia is that just like any like you know, like crack in the armor of like the, the oversight, like the body that's <laughs> overseeing everything. I feel like just kind of gives like that exposure and gives way and rise to any kind of like notion of rebellion. And so I think that just like trying to sweep any kind of like fault or flaw under the rug is just considerably better for them and just maintaining that presence and appearance, I guess. Sure. Kind of like if you think about like how you guys talked about the purges, right? And how they like, they paint them as a, when in reality we know that what they are but then like the citizens are just like oh yeah like that's they're just sending these people to to pulse i feel like anything that could make them look like they have you know done something that's not according to their plan or their design is just going to work against them you know they want people going to work exactly exactly yeah 
They want to keep like the natural order. They don't that want any panic. Yeah. We don't want the economy to fail, so we like, make sure people are, aren't working remotely. <laughs> <laughs> Five day week, baby. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah. If, if if also, I'm sure like if the Lucia are running around in a freaking like contained forest, it's the word. There are no civilians at all. It's not really a big issue. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. It's like, well, either they they're stuck in there in containment, or they're gonna get eaten. So. Eaten by what? I wonder. Yeah, like a. Mm. Who could say? Maybe a, a behemoth. Maybe a behemoth. But we do eventually come up on this very ominous-looking kind of gate of sorts. Yeah. I'm not really sure what to make of this area. I'm guessing it's just like two halves of this facility. I, did anybody look up? Are we under a ceiling at all? I. Yeah, I don't know if we're in a dome or anything. Like I don't know that. if you can look up all that well. It's um, hard to look up and down in this game. I know that you can't really look down to the levels below you. I was trying to see if I could Dogs still see can't lightning. Look up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to see if I could still see lightning under the uh, uh, at the the base of the elevator, but I wasn't able to get the camera uh, in a good spot for that. Yeah, it says experimental facility for conducting research into bioweapons, but it, like it doesn't really say. Yeah, okay, this isn't sort of data log to say that the paths winding through the trees are deliberately confusing, causing intruders to become hopelessly lost. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if there's a ceiling or not. Okay, the screenshot in the uh, data log does look like there is nothing above us. Interesting. Um, but it is, like, very walled off. So, like, okay. like Jurassic Park or whatever, except we're not on an island. Oh, my God, I made I made a comparison to Jurassic Park when I uh, when I was playing this section. and I, Because, okay, so we haven't talked about this yet. There's the pathway, and then occasionally we'll dip down onto the ground level, right? Where there are holding pens. Yeah, I don't think we're there yet, but we will. Oh, wait, do we? I thought we see one before we see the big gate, no? No, uh, I don't think so. There might okay, be a, okay. a, a brief change where the music changes as well. It's not the nice, comforting music that we have anymore. It's, it's music for the other area. I can't remember if on the way to that gate... Um, if that if that change happens at all, I remember being bummed, being like, "Oh, I just wanted to listen to that music for the whole <laughs> the whole chapter." Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, yeah. Okay. Either way, but yeah, we do. Um, when we come up on that gate, uh, I think another cutscene starts, right? Yeah. Hope just asks, like, "I wonder how the others are doing," and uh, Lightning's like, "Oh, Saz and Vanille. Who knows? Even if they got away, they'll get caught eventually. Then they'll have to choose: resist or surrender." And uh, Hope starts thinking about snow. So do you think he's still alive? And lighting is like, you mean snow? He's too stubborn to die. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his best quality. He's arrogant and chummy from the get-go. He thinks he's everybody's pal. Never liked him much. He leads around a bunch of kids. Gang called Nora. And Hope asks, like, where they get the name Nora? Yeah. Uh, it's a stupid acronym. Their little code stands for No Obligations, Rules, or Authority. Must be nice. Based. Must be nice. I, I agree yeah. with I agree with Lightning on that stupid acronym. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you were like based on that acronym, what is Nora? I would assume that they were like in, in some kind of anarchist group. But like, I don't think that's yeah. what they are at all. They but are. they're just a bunch they're, of they punks. Just, they, they set up the Chaz Zone in Bodom. That is what, no, no <laughs> rules, dude. I, what, no you, authority. You, just, you think Snow's just busting out his iPod and listening to like Turncoat by Anti-Flag? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Friend and past 
guest of the pod, Corey, pointed out that the localization team on this actually did a pretty good job because Nora is actually like a abbreviation for Noraneka, which is like means stray cat in the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So instead, they're like literally called like the strays. They call it's themselves kind of the like, strays, yeah, which I think in, in Japanese culture is a little more um, fitting for like military things, like stray military dog. I think um, I think you mentioned uh, Full Metal Alchemist as someone being called like a stray dog all the time in that mm. and it's a similar uh, yeah. sort of um association that is kind of lost on the uh on you know the english version of it yeah so they also, just, and just um, and just before we move on i just want to make a disclaimer for our homie mr Swanzig. anti-flag is is a a punk <laughs> band that as their name suggests anti-flag you know write songs that they perform that are anti-government kind of like the Nora acronym would you know kind of line up so there you go I did your homework for you Brim (laughs) for the record just so you guys know the one time that for some reason I made a music reference in the last episode I was on I also made a disclaimer and explained it to Swansing explicitly (laughs) (laughs) and so after I did the anti-flag thing like not it was obviously not like planned or anything but then I was like oh yeah that's kind of how this one's I'm gonna do it again (laughs) Okay, and you are right, because after this scene, the next elevator that we get on, we go down to the, the bottom floor. We go here. down. The, the ground floor, yeah. yeah. Did, we, um, did we already pass the, the bulkhead falsy, or are we coming up on that? I think that's this, right? Is that what this is? This door is a falsy? Yeah, there is a big door that Lightning says that is the bulkhead falsy. And we oh, also wait, get a little title it? card of it. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one of the uh, the bulkhead falsy. Stay on guard. Didn't we in one episode joke that like there would be a door falsy? Yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, and then there, there's the thing that's blocking us in this in, in to getting up to this part is um, just an alpha behemoth and two of the like pantheron thexerons or whatever they're called um yeah which just makes the battle a little more difficult than the other one and i i wasn't able to get a preemptive strike i didn't try using like a deceptisol or anything they run right at you from far away they really yeah i forget the strategy that you do here i think it's take down the uh the thexerons first because they're easier to take care of and then focus on the behemoth but Mm. anyone that did game over at one point anyone that plays this game by the way and like really doesn't like this game like the ff13 haters this game gets a superlative that I think is objectively true. It's just best door design. Yeah. Best door design since Dirge of Cerberus. The, the three doors <laughs> we have gone through in the last 30 minutes are all like really elaborate and like super cool designs. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're pretty great. Thanks, Kami Kokoru. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Best doors in the business. Um, but yeah, yeah. So as soon as we get to this area, there's, a, uh, there's an elevator on the other side. It takes us down. To the wildlife paddocks. And uh, this is where I have to say welcome to Jurassic Park. (laughs) Except for in this Jurassic Park, instead of like, you know, normal biological recreations of dinosaurs, it's like, did you guys ever watch Zoids when you were a kid? Yeah, I remember Zoids. It would be like if the pens were just filled with all the Zoids. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a weird thing to me. So there's these wild, they're called wildlife auto containment paddocks, right? And, this and, is the and they're like weapon research site. I think is those aren't euphemisms at all. <laughs> <laughs> but they're um, they're you know animal paddocks. They're like little uh, zones for animals to be in, like you'd see at a zoo, right? And there is a 
suspicious absence of something that you would find at like a zoo or in Jurassic Park or whatever, which is just pathways between the paddocks. (laughs) (laughs) So like there are just zones with these like wild animals that the only ways in or out of them are by going through other paddocks of wild animals like there's no like yeah, is the elevator we go down like is that even meant for people or like no okay no this is where the weird cat goes down we put the cats in the elevator and <laughs> no it, it seems so <laughs> inefficiently made the cats in the elevator and the silver spoon and the little boy boo and the man on cocoon <laughs> <laughs> well done well played um but yeah we're in we're in a nasty zoo we're in a nasty um, zoo going. we bought a nasty zoo <laughs> Um, we get a we get a primer. We get a little tutorial about it uh, that says these are open air pens, and the thing is that they sense that creatures are inside of them, and that's what keeps the uh, the gates closed. They're like they're. It's a very elaborate way of saying beat the enemies to open the door, like in Zelda. Beat the enemies to open the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very wordy and militarized way of just saying yeah. yeah. <laughs> this game is very wordy. I, yeah, I, I like it though. It's it's charming. It's, it's trying to give you a reason why they're turning It's off funny, actually, how wordy it is, because the line that the fences are up when there's something in it is, fences deactivate automatically when the biorhythms for known high-risk species are no longer detected in their proximity. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, we have tactically ascertained that. Yeah. The, uh... <laughs> Attack when the fence is up. Got it. <laughs> so we got some pantherons, except they're fleshy except they're fleshy yeah, they're, the, the creatures without the robotics attached they're to all them. panther they are zero ron uh-huh. uh yeah they're they have the kind of the same skeleton they just have like an actual eyes and uh mohawk the mohawks were not added in uh in post like <laughs> there wasn't a psycom design they hit hard they can yeah i was commenting in the chat i was like Psycom made them worse. They made them worse. <laughs> Why? <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> they should have left him as is. <laughs> this sounds pretty Psycom, honestly, from everything that we've heard about them. <laughs> they're like, okay, these things hit really hard, but they, uh, they're, the AI that they put into them are not. I was, I was thinking, they, they, they're more obedient. Yeah. Psycom, yeah. Maybe, the maybe the control, obedience but... takes away that primal fury that gives them the ability to like do so much damage. Yeah, they put too much software on it and then left. Enough, <laughs> uh, yeah. Either way, but yeah, they. They're gross, like, they're kind of hyena-inspired, looks like. Yeah. The silver lobos, I think, are the first ones we come up on. Yeah. Which I think lobo means um, wolf in Latin. It's like a Latin? wolf, yeah. Yeah. In Latin? There's a lot of Latin in this game. Probably. It, I, I think you're correct. Like, I know that lobo <laughs> is a word that literally means wolf, though, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think even in Spanish it's called. I, th- I was going to say, I think Spanish is why I know that. Which is a Latin. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, <laughs> no, when you point. said, well, that's, why I, that's why I was like, when Carl said Latin, I was like, that's probably correct. <laughs> Lobo. Did we, did we talk about the, the cute line between Lightning and, and Hope where um, he's like, oh, I guess civilians aren't allowed down here. And Lightning's just kind of like, oh, yeah, uh, we'll have to let them know if, uh, if we see any down here. <laughs> I, I, I thought I was giggling at that. I was like, man, that's so good. Dude, she's really so good. sassy and just sarcastic at times. Like, even whenever they're talking about the people like earlier looking for him she, and he's like he says something like oh yeah there's you know i guess they're not looking for any fugitives and she's like yeah they're not looking for any fugitives or something yeah like yeah that. The, the vocal delivery of that line yeah, is so yeah. good it's pretty good extremely sassy like she's like starting to lighten up with hope too at this point you know and and so i think that you know that it's kind of like yeah. wittiness and like playfulness is. She's good hardening him. him and he's softening her it's, i think i yeah. think of all of the characters in this game i think the two of them are like 
the best for each other just over the course yeah, of the like, Cur- like Curtis has said that he like really likes the scenes of them together. I think like as far as like the the tandems and duos we kind of split up into, I think they're the two that I think do the most for one another. I think the other duos yeah. like it's kind of heavier one way or the other. But these two I think they're like really good for each other. Sansa and Neil are both just like fuck it man let's just get out of here yeah. they're just they're, like, some, they're just trans- yeah they have, the ways Saz and Vanille their motives are pretty ambiguous right now I actually kind of feel like I mean, we'll, I mean we'll, obviously we'll get there when we get there but I kind of feel like Saz and Vanille being together ends up not being good for either of them <laughs> <laughs> like in some ways so but yeah we're fighting through here we fight some crawlers which are just the frag leeches without the augmentations they don't have the cool little inflatable crown thing that goes on um, but they are poisonous. Yes, yeah, and I got poisoned constantly in this. There is a whole mess of them at one point that we need to obviously clear out. Um, I think I fought like nine of them at once. Yeah, at one point. we have to it's clear a them ten out. Pack, yeah. <sighs> oh God gosh. damn. Um, did any of y'all fight the? Oh, what is it called? It's the Vespid, but unaugmented. Yeah, the gross, the gross Vespid. Which you know what they, they when that enemy comes in, I forgot what it's called, but um. We, we see the unaltered form of the Vespid. It's usually by itself or with some weaker enemies. Sometimes it's guarding an object, guard, guarding like guarding a, objects. A, a chest. I didn't think it was that hard. Like I went through it and kind of just took it down real quick without it being able to do anything. And I was like, what's the deal with that? Why is it? Why are they presenting it in such a way that you should be terrified of this thing? I mean, it looks scary. It does look, it do look gross. It's little bladder sacks all red and nasty. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Love to fight an enemy with a bladder. Um, oh, yeah, I think it's called the Barbed Spectre. Barbed yeah, Spectre. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it has, like, more skeletal and, like, it looks more, you know, goth and spooky looking. Yeah. Also, like, the HP on some of these enemies, I'm always curious who decides what their HP should be. Because sometimes they're just a very solid, like, X something thousand. Oh, yeah. But this one is, like, 9,009 HP. Mm. It's, like, the, uh, it's, it's, it, it's, uh, what's it called? Uh, whose line is it anyway? Like, the points don't matter. They're just, like, fuck it. <laughs> like, the levels don't matter. The HP doesn't matter. The timer that you get Spells doesn't matter. boob upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they just did it, like, you know, kind of reductively, where they're, like, all right, hey, we're gonna have, I'm gonna play this fight, and I'm gonna... I'm gonna fight this enemy for a minute and a half, and the amount of damage I do, we're just gonna call that the HP. Like, I wonder, yeah, I wonder. Yeah. yeah, there are some enemies that just have like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like <laughs> as their HP. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one, the, the specters definitely inflict poison. Yeah. So as we're going through this area, if I think we, I think uh, as a combo too, uh, one of the. Um, one of the enemies has a move that they only do if they uh, if there is a, tar- a target that's poisoned. Oh, really? Mm. So it's like a, an interesting combo thing. So um, ah, interesting. I, I didn't know that. That's that's definitely not the first time that that would be the case for an enemy in a Final Fantasy game. So that would makes perfect yeah. sense. The crawlers are the ones that drop the gummy oil. Oh yeah, the gummy, yeah. Oil. The gummy, gummy, oil. gummy ship. The oil? only way that you would know is gummy. C- Carl's uh, whip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Also, if we're going through this area and we're fighting everything, like if you take every battle, you'll have enough uh, crystarium points to to buy everything by the end of this section. Like before your crystarium expands, you'll be able to completely fill out the crystarium. Um, and during so. We can unlock slots now for additional accessories. 
So we can have more than one nice, accessory yeah. at this point. Very nice. Um, and there was a thing I was wondering that I asked Mr. Zwanzig today as he was uh, watching my stream. At the end of sections of the, the Crystarium, there will be um, nodes that you can learn called roll levels. I was like, what is a roll level? Because it doesn't seem to give you anything. There's no like skill associated with it or anything. Yeah, it doesn't um, take you to like a new part of the sphere grid or no. anything that unlocks new abilities and it doesn't like level up fire to fira or anything right and i was like i was like what's the deal with that why would i want to learn that if it doesn't do anything and uh he told me that it actually it increases the effectiveness of that uh class or that role that you're using so if you're like a commando it'll increase the amount of like stickiness the stagger bar has or whatever the, the thing that commando does um, Ravengers will build more stagger per attack when you roll level them up and like, et cetera, et cetera, as you go down. Um, Synergists and saboteurs, their stuff lasts longer. It's interesting too. I feel like the commando versus Ravager in terms of how chain stacks isn't necessarily explained or at least not explained well in the way that Final Fantasy 13 explains things because yeah, I didn't know uh, that there was that difference between um, Commando and Ravager and it was just kind of like every battle I'd be like oh okay well this uh, this enemy might have a resistance to Commando so mm. I shouldn't use Commando and then I, I saw like in the boss battle that we're coming up to I had to redo several times and still haven't beaten it and part of it was like one time when I was doing the fight I didn't notice why but the stagger bar was staying pretty set so I was able to get up to, to um, stagger and then other times I was just doing Ravager the whole time and it wasn't doing that and I was just like what am I doing wrong <laughs> yeah yeah sorry, the, I know Commando has like, I don't know what to call it uh, I always call it stickiness because like it's like the, the stagger bar doesn't decrease yeah 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 that's, yeah. that's a good way I mean it, I, I think yeah. people that have been following along with the game, they know exactly what I mean. But uh, kind of what you're saying, like, the first couple times I played the game, I just thought the roll level was, like, a toll you had to pay. That, like, when That's you got thought, to a certain yeah. point, you had to pay a toll of CP to then be able to kind of grow. And it wasn't until much, much later that I, I learned that there was any benefit to when yeah. like, actually spending the points on them. And, like, yeah. significant benefit, too. Yeah, because I think after certain yeah. boss battles or certain chapters, it will say that the uh, the Crystarium was expanded. So you right. don't have to upgrade the roll level for that to happen. It'll just happen on its yeah. own. But mm -hmm. it's it's worth it because it, it does. It is going to be help. obviously it's going to be a, a requisite transition that you have to buy that spot, that node at some point. But yeah, you don't mm -hmm. have to do it to get the expansion. Right. Um, there's but a we, uh, we come up on a cutscene. That's right. We have a kind of a, a kind of introduction to the feral behemoth, in which we kind of cross a certain threshold, and then we're trapped in. And lightning is like, oh, caged like animals. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but it's like incidental dialogue, or it's yeah. kind of a mini boss, like introduction, like oh shit, this thing's mean looking. Yeah, yeah. and it's a really mean looking. It's just it's a behemoth, but it's like covered in fucking leather and has teeth and shit. So it this is the yeah, the feral behemoth. It's thing i guess you could say is compared to the the alpha behemoths that we've been fighting that have to charge before they unlock the ability to use heave these can just use heave anytime they want so like the special attack of the behemoths is just unlocked from the get-go and they can just ruin it looks like a it. street shark <laughs> y'all ever watch street sharks oh yeah i haven't but i know what you're talking about <laughs> i mean uh with launch it wasn't too much of an issue with launch is not an issue at all you just keep them up in the air and you're just like clowns it is funny when that yeah. happens and then one of your uh, party members get launched and you're like, oh god, that's how that feels? <laughs> yeah, the heave attack does that, doesn't it? 
Yeah. Uh, I remember that from uh, 10, just getting launched by behemoths. <laughs> <laughs> um, is weak to fire. No, wait, it's weak to water, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, but it does also uh, use water attacks. It's interesting. But yeah, after that, I think we do just get a few more cutscenes with... Uh, do we go Do we go up from yeah, the floor? Yeah, we, we go up and down several more yeah, times, and it's yeah, all like... Bit relatively uneventful with the exception of these cutscenes. Everything else is pretty much what we've seen already. Yeah. More enemies, yeah. some objects here and there. Do I I'm trying to remember if I found anything cool. I think there was a um a weapon for lightning, a new blade for lightning. There is. All right. Is the edged carbine. The edged carbine. Um there's another one. There's actually a cool section I like where um a room is kind of divided um horizontally like a feral behemoth is trapped behind the gate yeah. but there's still a gap that you can kind of slide behind it mm-hmm. so you can fight if you want yeah or you can just kind of it's like an optional fight but it is guarding a 1500 gill yeah which, which is yeah, a significant amount in this game yeah. i will say one thing about this game you know much like real life when i was playing it as a <laughs> college student this is like the most poverty run of a final fantasy casual playthrough because there's like, you guys you know you've talked about how there's no guild drops so like this is like the game where like getting a guild chest is like a huge deal especially yeah, early yeah. in the game whenever 1500 yeah. guild is like a lot of money just because it's so hard to come by outside yeah. of you know getting credit chips and stuff to sell well you know i sold all of my credit chips during this this section of the game that i've made up to this point in the game and i got a thousand gill for it so this like this yeah, one exactly. treasure chest like, is more than that and and I'm assuming that you've fought every enemy at this yeah. to this point, right? Like, think about it. Like, yeah. you've got a thousand yeah. bucks, and then you find this yep. chest that's you know 150 percent of that. Like, that's a pretty yeah. pretty nice find. <laughs> this game. <laughs> there's a lot to this section. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into these. Like, there's a, a point where uh, I think after we fight the frail behemoths, it's like, oh, the uh, the woodland battalion or whatever is coming. I think Wob was it wildlife observation <laughs> battalion or something like that. And is and like Hope is like is real hard ass like let them come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, first scene he's like I want to take points. Second scene he's like I got this. Third scene he's like, baby, bring it. Yeah, he's got a thirst for blood <laughs> yeah. now. Well, he's got his knife right, and he's like ready to just cut someone's fucking carotid artery. Like he's yeah. <laughs> too much i do like yeah as we like he he does start like fidgeting with that knife as all the the cutscenes continue right like on through the next couple chapters he's like fixating on getting his revenge with this fucking knife yeah he's he's just whispering to it this is almost too easy (laughs) i think a little bit after the uh, behemoth fight we uh we climb up some like of those uh those like ferns Mm -hmm. and kind of hop up to like the upper level again like not using a lift I think that is like around where the um, this cutscene starts. Take five. What's eating you? Okay, I can tell you're hung up on something. Is it the Lissy thing? <laughs> is it the Lissy thing? <laughs> you worried about that? <laughs> you worried about that old thing? Yeah, that's nothing. It's snow, isn't it? And then yeah, that stirs a reaction out of uh, hope, very obviously. Yeah, Lightning has no idea why he's so hung up she on has, She doesn't have contacts. I think Vanilla is like the only one who knows. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and she said, what happened with him? And he's like, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> yeah, and she says, you and I are partners, Hope. And I was like, Very nice. love that. Love that. Very sweet. Um, my mother was killed because of him. And we do get flashes, of course, just to remind you what happened. <laughs> Her joining, uh, picking up the gun, falling, and all that stuff. And just like... 
just really lingering on that smug, punchable face of Snow because it's like goes to his like DreamWorks yeah. smile. Yeah, with his little fuckboy, his fuckboy smile. Yeah. <laughs> Bites his lip a little. <laughs> it's his fault and he needs to pay for it. I'm not ready yet, but I will be soon. Like, that's why I followed you. I like how he's just banging it against the that's ground. That's right. He's too. just like... Lightning's like, that fucking shit's expensive. I told you I want that back. I want Stop that back, fucking yeah. denting it. Like, you're denting it's the It's like, head. I'm going to dull the shit out of your knife. <laughs> Immediately has buyer's remorse of letting him fucking bottle it. <laughs> but yeah, he's just doing a very little kid thing, which, which is like, oh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm definitely going to use this for my-. He's like, I'm not ready yet, but I'm going to be. And he like flicks it out and then he puts it back in and stuff. And it's like, yeah. yeah. You ever let people borrow your CDs and they just like throw it loose in their backpack? It fucking pissed me <laughs> off. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> My corn Big Greatest Hits Volume 1 got fucking ruined because <laughs> someone it, no one put it in a case. You're just like, dude, freak on a leash skips now. Thanks. <laughs> dude, I burned that one special and it has the uh, the MTV Unplugged version of it where Amy Lee from Evanescence is singing along to that song. And now it's not playing. I got three viruses off of Kazaa when I downloaded that. What's your fucking problem? <laughs> Um, incredible but yeah he kind of goes on and just says to lightning like that's why I followed you like he, he you know wants to toughen up like snow dragged yeah. us into this you me your sister Sarah and it's like oh you fully don't understand the situation at all hope like <laughs> snow has become the fixation of your obsession with this like understandable you're grieving you're going through all this but like this is this is a lot like titus is when like i'll never be a replacement for chapu and lulu's like shut the fuck up like this is yeah yeah, yeah, you're talking about shut up yeah like he he's he's pretty much just like oh the only way that my grief can manifest is by focusing it on someone to blame and the only person that that makes sense is snow like even he's trying to get lightning on his she's like he dragged your sister into this and stuff it's like as we know from the previous scene it's the exact opposite of that but yeah, she no, didn't or, say um, anything, Ho- yeah. Hope is like, he's got to pay. And Lightning kind of just like stops and looks at him. And then we we get a team change and we can be Lightning now. Yeah. <laughs> which is very nice. It's like, all right, I'm in charge again. <laughs> yeah. She's like, maybe I shouldn't have given this kid my. my <laughs> all right. I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Like you follow the cutscene where, where Hope's like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to take on like more responsibility. I'll take point and then we control him. And now he's kind of reverted back to you know, his mindset before that scene. So I think the switch, you know, I, I do think it's a really, really nice thing yeah, that they've really, done. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it just lines up with where Hope kind of is, you know, at each of those junctures, right? Like the moment that he, it seems to be kind of grasping some of the reality of the situation and, you know, embraces some of the responsibility. And now he's kind of reverted back. And so now we're like, all right, I'm taking, I'm taking point again. He's being a little shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Him holding the knife is like, he's got to pay. It just like reminds me of those like just cringy kids. It's like, I can be your angel or a real psychopath. <laughs> I can devil. be your angle or your <laughs> lightning's like, I want, I want the, I want, I want hope, you know, kid who brings home bumper stickers that says my kid's an honor student or honor roll student back. Right. Like that's the, that's the hope <laughs> she wants. And now she's got a little shit hub. But uh, yeah, we're Commander Ravager, I think. Well, yeah, she's leader, so I guess we can just do whatever we want. Yeah. But we yeah. end up hopping back down, right? We hop down, and then we kind of hop back up. There, there's a couple battles here. I don't think any of them are too noteworthy. It's not like they're no, really throwing so. anything at us that we haven't seen already. Oh, yeah, this is where you pointed out, because I think you maybe went to the shop where you point out the cool logo and the Lenoras. 
garage which has like a cool oh yeah all the shops when you actually go to them have really interesting logos and the one for lenora's garage is fantastic i do like it it looks like a moogle in like a ski mask or like a i don't know how to describe it it's like a kid robot like toy or something like it's very stylized and very graffiti kind of style like i said it had very mm. like pissing calvin energy like it just has this kind of edgy skate (laughs) they they just just sell like uh, junk right uh, materials that you can use yeah yeah it's all materials yeah but yeah, we keep cruising through the basement area of this, finding more Lobos, more combinations, like you said. But the area is kind of homogenous for the most yeah. part, especially in the lower yeah, level. You yeah. can like it's pretty dark. I like sometimes didn't even see some of the enemies. We do hop back up on the upper level and uh, we come up on a fallen like fern in the middle of the road. We could easily just step over. Yeah, or like sidestep. <laughs> I like the lightning cuts it down and it like kind of falls apart with the like rigidity of cotton candy. <laughs> it just kind of <laughs> just shatters. Like, yeah it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, like Hope is like, uh, can I get one of those? Yeah, it's about her, about yeah. her, uh, her gun blade. Her gun blade. <laughs> uh, and she's like, oh, it's a bit too heavy for you. Go okay. Yeah, he just goes, okay. <laughs> he pulls out his knife. We don't even get to use it in battle. He keeps pulling it out, but... No, no, no. <laughs> Ceremonial only. Yeah, but as he pulls that out and kind of, like, you know, um, takes the, the blade out, uh, Lightning kind of just looks at it and, like, starts thinking back to where she got it. Which right. we alluded to this before because this was in our inventory since we first had control of the game. It was called uh, Lightning Survival Knife, yeah. and it was it was told that it was given to us um, for her birthday. So we get a, a nice little shot of as much as I talk about how good this game looks, this food kind of looks like <laughs> shit. Like, it's like there's like a salad and stuff, and it's like very low texture. Okay, hold on. Before you start talking about the salad, let me just say the scene opens up, we're looking at a bunch of food splayed across a table, okay? That's the beginning of the scene. Yeah, it says day 12, the seaside city of Bodom, and we get a picture of what I'm assuming is the laziest salad I've ever seen, which is just some... A, a head of lettuce that was barely chopped up, and then like tomatoes and celery. Tomatoes on top some of celery it. sticks on top of it or some shit. <laughs> I think that's fish on a plate, like some sort of protein. Yeah. Um, but I like the like cornucopia looking thing with it too, though. Yeah. Uh, there's a cake. Um, there is a cake. Oh, there's like a little soup. Remember when 15 was in development, they were like really showing off. Like you can totally tell that they were really like working on trying to make Bruh. food look good. Bro, they the had food in 15 uh, looks so good. <laughs> they had to so that they could get that sweet cup of noodles uh, money. <laughs> I, 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 also say, money. I also say this, too, is that, like, everything I know about Lightning kind of makes me think that she would not be all about having, like, a fucking birthday party at all. There is yeah, yes. no yeah. universe in which Lightning is down to blow candles out. Like yeah, this, no, okay, no I can't see it. I She's not wishing it. on any fucking fireworks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the way she framed it to uh, her her superior is like, uh, my sister insisted on it. Like, is <laughs> yeah, my sister insisted yeah, like, that I, I take off for my birthday. birthday. I just wanted to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sarah's like, come home from the army. It's <laughs> it's your birthday. Get a day off from army. <laughs> She's like, all right, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it opens on just lightning, just already chewing into 
what we knew has transpired. Oh, fucking it! Sarah and Snow are standing in the scene, and they're both just looking so fucking like crestfallen. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they're just looking at their shoes. They're super bummed, and she's just ripping into them. Sarah's like, I can't believe my wish didn't come true. <laughs> Lightning didn't say the meanest thing on the planet when I told her very sensitive news about me. But Lightning that's just right. says, "That's right. You're right. The thing that she Lightning, says at the end of that is she." wishes that she could tell lightning the truth i mean she did she should have wished that lightning would take it better <laughs> yeah I know. you became a lassie so now you're gonna marry this idiot and you think i'm gonna buy that full points for originality i like like the the lassie thing is like not the major yeah. that's not the worst <laughs> thing that you told me like all right oh you became a lassie and that means you have to marry snow you could just be a lassie and not <laughs> I love marry that this him. is like so this is kind of interesting too because i didn't think about this when when it was happening but it kind of shows that snow's wish is at odds with sarah's <laughs> a little bit because she was kind of like i just need to tell lightning maybe she'll know what to do or whatever and snow's like oh well we're, we got way bigger bigger news to tell her let's tell her about our engagement too and because of that lightning's just like i refuse to believe any of this shit you're just going the most extreme way because you know i fucking hate this dude's gut but she says like and you think i'm gonna buy that full points for originality yeah yeah <laughs> who writes this shit yeah she said but but don't forget if you are um if you really are a lassie it's my job to deal with you which like Sarah's like sis and she's like oh god this is ridiculous this is the worst birthday ever worst birthday ever <laughs> yeah and then um yeah like Sarah's obviously shaken up about that and uh she just like runs out of the room and Snow goes after her. he's like wait Sarah um or he's uh, he's about to go after her but he he turns around and just flips out on lightning a little bit also <laughs> a weird aside I do like that even though this is like everyone's like special day everyone's always wearing the same exact outfit you think, <laughs> you think lightning would have like some casual wear for her birthday when she's not on duty Dude, no, she's no, always in no, no no form. I believe it well yeah, lightning is always in work mode like, yeah. I, I believe anyway, this what I was gonna say is that I think you know we have Sarah's reaction that Carl was just talking about and I I think that you know earlier sarah thinks the conversation with snow is gonna go one way and she's wrong like you know he, he gets kind of thrown off but then he chases after her and you know makes things right and like you know makes it clear that he's gonna be there for her and, su and support her here i think that after the conversation with snow i think sarah's kind of anticipating like oh well maybe lightning will be understanding too maybe and then, yeah and then when that is obviously not how it goes at all like she she fucking runs she's away. obviously has a better moral compass than snow she's if snow will just come around then definitely my sister will yeah <laughs> and, and so i think but that he's she also kinda he's made, kind of an idiot though so yeah so she's kind of made the same like misjudgment twice now and i think that it's hitting her really hard this time especially yeah, because lightning is one, someone that you know she obviously confides in and trusts deeply this is a thing that i didn't even realize until reading the data logs after this where like they, they're pretty obvious about it but like i kind of had this they were building up to this for a while i had this interaction in my brain as something completely different where lightning's like oh well you're an enemy or whatever like however it was gonna go but she just straight up refuses to believe that the lassie thing is true and she's like that's just an excuse for you to try to marry my sister or whatever and she she's like oh you're kidding me she gets made a lassie and you pop the question and snow's like dude stop it like <laughs> lightning does the, the really cool action movie thing like you listen to me no you listen to me she's like yeah, no, you, you stop you it, stop it. Get, get out of 
my house. house. Get off and, my uh, lawn. <laughs> yeah. They both um, slam the table. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. It's really good. Again, the Joss Whedon energy is off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Snow's like, yo, you're shutting her out, and she's your sister. And um, She doesn't say anything and, to that. Like, yeah. Lightning just doesn't say anything. She kind of just pout. turns around. <laughs> yeah, she pouts. And then he's like, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> Snow leaves, but... Uh, we get kind of a in the foreground a close-up of a present that is left behind, presumably from Sarah and or Snow. It, it, it is from Sarah, yeah. I, I was wondering that too, because I'm like, did Snow give Lightning that present? And then Lightning gave the knife that Snow gave her to Hope, who's going to use that knife to kill him. Like, that's very Shakespearean. That's very, like, poetic. Sarah's like, I'll just sign it for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is it is uh, from Sarah, yeah. Yeah, she's like, yeah, this this cost all of my money, but don't worry, I'm not going to need it anymore. This whole Lissy thing, like, we're... This yeah. cost 300 gil, which took me seven years to, uh, <laughs> to earn. <laughs> this is the thing, yeah, she, she picks the knife up, she unfolds, unfolds and says, how practical, which I love because I feel like that's, like, Lightning's thing, right, is that she's kind of, like... She's not an emotional person. She is yeah. just practicality as a human being. She's like, thank God this isn't a fucking thoughtful gift. I hate yeah, this. Exactly. I only want a practical <laughs> gift. She's like, I will be wanting a toaster for my birthday, not something that I care about and brings me joy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could use this, yeah. Could have just gotten a gift card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we get the news bulletin that's basically, you know, just an urgent sanctum bulletin about um, how officials have confirmed the presence of the uh, of a pulse falci inside the city of Bodom. Acting with falci Eden's approval, authorities declared a state of emergency. The entire district will be quarantined in response to this crisis. So again, convenient that the, you know, malevolent Falsy Eden is saying, oh, yeah, no, we sign off on everything that yeah, Sanctum uh, has to do. And that's when, like, you can see kind of like lightning looking at the uh, at the TV and then like down and then like looking around and like realizing that like, holy shit, Sarah is right. Like this really did happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, it, it actually goes back to, you know, current lightning. And she's kind of just looking down. And she says, Sarah, I should have believed you. So oh, like. Gosh. Sarah never even had the conversation with Lightning about being a lassie that she thought she would. Like, Lightning just didn't believe her, so. Right. And and I think the next time that Lightning sees her, presumably, is right before she turns to Crystal. Yeah, so. yeah. So, whereas Snow had that nice character redeeming moment of being like, I don't care, I'll, I'll fight by your side. Lightning probably would have had that same reaction if she took it seriously. Yeah. But, like, didn't get that. Yeah. And I can kind of understand, too, right? Like, uh... What, what were we talking about where, like, these people who live in this world have this idea of what a Lassie is and what a Pulse Falsy is? Um, and, like, being in constant terror of it, you know what I mean? Like, if somebody was like, hey, if, I like, a, a bomb just hit the middle of the city, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, that's so outlandish. Yeah. That, like, it would take time to be like, oh, my God. But because everything happens so fast... And, like, they're already quarantining the city. And this is, like, day, what, 12? Mm -hmm. So, like, the next day is the day she gets on the train. So, like, immediately the game begins. Like, I kind of get it. Where it's, like, she just had that one moment of disbelief of, like, oh, this can't be real. Sarah ran out of the house and she never got a chance to talk to her about it. Yep. And it's like, oh, it's so rough. I hate having the news on during parties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of weird. It's a, it's a real buzzkill. God, that is, that is another extremely lightning thing. <laughs> she would just have the fucking news on. Ever at her diligent. Birthday party. 
Uh, I love it. <laughs> I just I love how much of a fucking wet blanket she is. It's great. That's so good. <laughs> I want to work on my birthday. <laughs> she, she's like Peter Griffin's dad. <laughs> I don't I don't even know that it's so much as like, you know, necessarily just wanting to work so much as just doing fucking anything that's not going to a birthday party for herself. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, awesome. Also, the um, apparently the blades for some. I guess it's just a model, but it just says OP one four eight on the on the blade, oh. on the blade, but the little uh, circular part. I was hoping it was like a, it was like a personalized gift, like an iPod, <laughs> <laughs> laser etched. But it says on it to Bill, the only man I'll ever love. <laughs> <laughs> to my world. To yeah, Jamie. I was gonna say it says to Jamie, my one, my world. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta track down that copy. No, I listen. I, I'm, did I say this already on the podcast? I forget. Listener, if to you my know, girl in my world, love from Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If if you know where the to my girl and my world copy of FF13 is, let me know. Jamie, you should have given her FF8. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have ended up at GameStop. Uh, it's actually CEX, British like uh, video and game exchange shop. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. Fucking Jamie. But yeah, I think uh, that that's where we're calling it for tonight. Yeah, I we'll believe so. Begin and end with a, a Saren snow shitstorm. Yeah. <laughs> there was only a dog in one end, so obviously we're... <laughs> so that was the better one. <laughs> and Mutsky, if you want to um, tell us the, the thing that you wanted to tell us at the beginning of the episode, even though we didn't get that far, no, we could probably fine. just sure. drop that in next... Or next you can come episode. back next week. All right, it's well, up hey, to you. first, first, what I got here. Okay, so this was this was the first thing I did. All right, so I told you I was going to prepare for this podcast a little bit differently this time, and that's not untrue. And because of you know what we've been talking, what you guys have been talking about this several episodes leading up to this, I spent two ninety nine, and on Amazon Prime, I rented the twenty fifteen Will Smith movie Focus and watched that. <laughs> and I, I didn't finish the entire movie because it was not particularly good. And it was a redeeming moment where a grown man. Man hits Will Smith's character in the face and I was like this is awesome huh. um, and then um, after that I made a list of uh, I went through the five playable characters we have and I gave them all like a senior superlative that I'd like to share alright so um, for Hope I Hope was the most difficult I changed it several times but I settled on least likely to actually use his own switchblade um, <laughs> Snow's um, I named him uh, most likely to invest in NFTs. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and then if you if you read between the layers here with his his voice actor Troy Baker, who had like an NFT thing for a while, oh, he's, really? he's since, he has since backed out of it. He doesn't. Yeah, he said he's not doing the there NFTs is. anymore. But all right. Good. Um, we'll Vanille, let that slide, Troy. Uh, <laughs> Vanille is the Bass Pro Shop coupon queen. Her, her like get up and her her oh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, Lightning is uh, most likely to fight Brock in Pokemon Yellow using only Pikachu. Like, refusing, <laughs> <laughs> like just refusing just to do anything tackle, else. She's like, no, tackle. Quick, nope, attack, quick attack, yeah. quick attack. Um, and then Saz is the most wholesome. After um, I considered all of the other Final Fantasy dads of the games that you guys have done your seasons of, and I've, I've nominated Saz the best Final Fantasy dad of the every FNF ff episodes nice. that exist so far yes. so there you go there. all right and then the thing i was gonna say so it's called the aster a aster protofloridian right yes protofloridian yeah yeah protofloridian um basically so the guy that i was reading the thing of um i don't know if any of you watch nfl football but go birds. there's this running back 
looked up for a long time who was really good, who was called Adrian Peterson. And the guy that wrote the guide was like, I'm going to refer to Aster Proto Florian as Adrian because his initials are AP and I'm a Vikings fan. And the whole time I'm like reading this kid's thing, he just keeps calling it Adrian. And I was like, that's so fucking funny. Like this kid made, made his own bit and he was like, I'm committing to it in a fucking game, game facts. Oh, that's so, like, so that's so awesome. That's what's yeah, great that about one. Game Facts is it like they they had kind of an audience in mind when they were writing things like that and they're like, oh, I can be funny. Like sometimes that could be disastrous. I've read some really awful Game Facts I, thing where I gamers love... use words that gamers oh, okay, think yeah. are okay to use. And that's yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. That's true. And you're like, oh, it, it, this is from 2003, I guess. That makes sense that an idiot would be saying that kind of stuff just publicly. But sure, whatever. But uh, there's also stuff like that, like just incredibly wholesome things that they were expecting maybe 300 people max to ever read. But and now we can immortalize it on the podcast. <laughs> I, I do love a way too specific walkthrough from like game facts, <laughs> like ones that like go a little too far down the comedy rabbit hole where you're like you get to the boss description. And you're like, it is paragraphs of gags. I just need to know how do I avoid the laser attack? That's all I want. That is the gamer's version of trying to look up a recipe for something you want to cook. And it's just yeah. like a whole fucking novel about the family that is like the yeah, yeah. is cooking it for you. Like, I don't fucking care. Just tell me how many goddamn eggs I need to buy. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Metsky, for coming to Change Discs with us. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I obviously, um, like I said, I was really excited to um, to hear that you were doing 13 this time. It, last season was Dirge of Cerberus, which is also a game that not a ton of people are particularly passionate about that I also really enjoy. So you guys have been <laughs> yeah, kind we're of just trying to alienate the, uh, people as fast as we can. I, I feel like we really hit the iron when it was hot. Yeah, because like now, like the FF Re was this year's FF really the first time Dirge was part of the the race. It, it's the second time it was in the okay. race, but it's the it, it is certainly not in it every time though. Shout out to our friend Dan for uh, just killing it. I think he hit world record yeah. like the week before. That. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and then his yeah. run in the relay was like thirty seconds off of that. Like it would be the world record if he didn't just get the world record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've known Absolutely Dan for amazing. I've known Dan for a very long time, and he's just a really really good guy, and he's oh, obviously. Yeah more passionate about their just service than like anyone else that walks this earth. So <laughs> I, I was going to say, you, you said that, not a lot of people are passionate about Dirge of Cerberus, but I feel like the community that is passionate about oh, Dirge of yeah. Cerberus is extremely, like pound yeah. for pound more passionate than like anything else, like in, in, in like the best possible way. Like, yeah, it, it's absolutely. So, it's so cool to see all the love that that game gets. Yeah. It's actually funny because like uh, there were three or four past guests who did run in the, uh, the Final Fantasy Relay. So that was like very cool. We'll get to the rest of you. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the rest of you. Shout out to Camper for doing a oh yeah what yeah. what essentially was a world record run, but didn't record locally or with loads removed, so can't submit it. Yeah, I think he, they were doing a no sphere grid run, right? No sphere grid run, yeah. Oof, wild doozy. But yeah, I think that'll be it for this week. Bookending it again, like I said, with more Sarah content, and we'll get to Adrian next week. <laughs> <laughs> You're you're welcome back anytime, uh, Muskie. Oh, hey, I look forward to what games you guys do next. Um, and uh, just hanging out and following along as you guys finish up 13. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Zwanzig, as usual, uh, yeah, Zwanzig will be our corrector. I've been giving him advanced <laughs> copies of our podcast if I can keep up just to help correct us. Yeah, if you, uh, we always invite people to join the Discord or whatever if they would like to. And obviously, like, you don't feel required to, but every episode that we've done thus far the day after it comes out in the discord zwanzig has made a nice info dump of like so here's the things that you kind of got right and kind of got wrong and here's like what you didn't know about this or forgot to mention like, oh my we should God. just pin all those for f- future listeners <laughs> yeah, yeah we yeah. should just do an, an episode where we just read through all of that and if we don't have Corey on for an episode to kind of give us a whole localization you know thesis oh, yeah. or something um which he could definitely do uh we could just like read all of those as well because there's, he's already brought up a lot of really interesting uh, thematic things that are are different be- between the localizations. So between that right. and Zwanzig, it's like, you know, the extended universe of the podcast is uh, way, <laughs> way stronger than just the podcast itself. Awesome. Well, yeah. Hey, thanks again for having me, guys. Um, like I said, I was excited to kind of be able to get in back into thirteen. Aside yes. from just um, following the episodes after the FF relay stuff was up, so. It was a good time. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Always a pleasure to have you. Congrats for nailing slots. Yeah. When are you, gonna, when are you guys gonna come draft some draft some games with us? I gotta I gotta do that soon. I think after October I should have a little bit more free time. So right. have yeah. we mentioned Hopefully the draft on the podcast? I don't I don't know. Yeah. We've mentioned that it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, I think we have. Curtis has mentioned it anytime there's been like new episodes coming out or something. Yeah, yeah. Which if you didn't know, Muskie and I do a podcast called the VG Draft. Where uh, every episode we take a year in video games and we kind of do a, like a football draft like a fantasy football draft of like the best games in different uh, categories and at the end we put them up on twitter and let people vote for them and see who uh had the best draft and the answer is always mutsky <laughs> and, and with the exception of zwanzig we always make the guest go last so that's true yeah good stuff cool it's, it's a blast i love listening to it it's it's nice kind of seeing games and like i mean i, th- I do it all the time when i'm like when we're looking into like the new game we're about to play like okay what was like happening in the culture but like getting a slice yeah, of like yeah. all of your guys' favorite games from a specific year is, is always well it's, fun it's to- nice because sometimes like there's not necessarily games that i like care particularly a lot about but then there's games that i'm like i think this is an important game like when i when i drafted yeah, for instance yeah. like the we fit and i talked about how i think that that was just important to kind of lead into like the the notion of like kinesthetic video games like it's not a game that i really care about but i do think it's like a big one and so it's cool to kind of like talk about you know kind of both i guess but yeah check out the vg draft it's it's kind of shit but you know curtis and i we have a good time so. <laughs> yeah swanzig was on like I don't know, two episodes ago or one episode ago for 2007 yeah, it would have been two two ago yep you know two of us you know so you there's a whole episode there for you to, <laughs> to listen to some friends on yeah <laughs> Alright, thanks again. I appreciate it, guys. Um, I can't wait to be on the episode for uh, 1889 so I can draft the uh, the Hanafuda, the flower cards that Nintendo <laughs> made to oh, start yeah. off their company. <laughs> well, Alex, would you like to cease our biorhythms so that the paddock containment can open and you can advance? I would love to. Uh, thank you to Masashi Amauzu, especially for the this level's game music, the Gapper Whitewood. It's good. Very uh, chill ethereal as always i uh, can leave us a review and rate us on spotify itunes you can call us or text us at 530 materia and you can find us at every fnff on twitter instagram and hop in our discord and being alone's all right i guess yep always was until we met but then we did and now i know there's something better 
podcasting with you. I almost said worst podcast ever, but Muskie's here, so <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be great. <laughs>